On this episode of DC On Screen, Henry Cavill is in talks to return as Superman, but in a perpetual cameo scenario where he would be augmenting other superheroes. Kinda like Marvel's Hulk, cause, you know, they don't know how to make people happy with a solo Hulk movie either. HBO Max boss says he wishes the Snyder Cut was just 30 million to finish. And what in the hell is Kathy Ann and Grace Randolph on about anyway? Plus, what Lantern Spectrum do we align most with? Should DCCW drastically lower episode counts? And what is the terrifying concept behind Cougar Storm? All this and more after this stirring word from our sponsor with whom we have no affiliation. Welcome into DC On Screen episode 597. I am David C. Robertson and this the man who is in a new house, Jason Goss. Hi. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. You're recording in a new house. I'm recording in what will eventually be the new house in the new space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's not so too echoey because it's just a room with nothing on it. I don't have a bunch of shit on the walls yet. Mm-hmm. I have hijacked a screen that is normally used for shading on decks as a uh, backboard. <laughs> Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> hope, hoping that uh, hoping that works out as far as sound quality goes. Yeah, we're living in like three houses right now. It's insane. Yeah, that sounds crazy. Yeah, I got one house that was out of AC for the better part of a week. I got another house that didn't have gas, which meant no hot water for the better part of a week. And then I got another house that had uh, ev- they were trying to move into, and everyone was like, you couldn't find you know a, a glass if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. It is insane. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fun times. Indeed. Well. Need more medication. This is the podcast <laughs> where we talk about the DC Comics multiverse on film and television, give honest opinions on projects upcoming and past, and believe that every version of a property is valid, even if we do not want it to be. If it's been released, it is fair game, so beware of spoilers, and welcome to the show. Yeah, I keep, this is like the second week in a row I've forgotten to do that. Oh, okay. Time and has no meaning for me anymore, so. I, I didn't even realize when I didn't realize when you did or didn't do it anymore. That's okay. Now my training oh. is still good. When you started doing it, I was like, "Okay, Jason, shut the fuck up." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dave has a job to do. Speaking of which, thank you guys, all you Patreon listeners. Um, <laughs> Patreon.com slash DC on screen. Um, just wanted to thank you guys. We don't have a new one this week, but um, I don't know. It means everything. Thank yous are still in order. Over on Apple Podcasts, we have a, uh, a new review from uh, MK Klein 55 says, always entertaining. This is my go-to podcast for everything DC-related for shows and movies. Keep up the great work, fellas. We'll try. Yes, thank, thank you. Thank you, man. By the way, uh, he's entered, or she, I don't know. I, I said man. I, that's presumptuous of me. Um <laughs> Klein has entered into this thing. One in the next, uh, one of the next ten people who uh, go onto Apple Podcasts and leaves us a uh, a review and a rating. I don't, whatever you want, man. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna throw you twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. One out of ten is gonna get twenty dollars. Now I can, you know, give you, you know, twenty ish dollars worth of merch from my, from us. Uh, you can have, you know. A twenty dollar thing to you know DC thing, or I can just Ven- Venmo you twenty dollars. I don't care. <laughs> but that's the contest. You're get gonna get some twenty of that bucks. Sweet limited content on DC Universe if you want to. 
Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've seen you eyeball that stuff a few times. Oh, God. <sighs> Always. It's tempting. Yeah, dude, I actually just got, um, <laughs> they, uh, I found a, a Linda Carter Wonder Woman from Mattel, Ooh. one of the deluxe edition uh, figures, and I was like, she's going to look great next to my Batman 66 stuff. <laughs> this has to happen. I haven't seen it this cheap. This is gonna happen. Yeah, and I've been I've been eyeing her because you know the the John Wesley ship Flash they put out is like up to like 150 bucks now. Jesus, <laughs> like God, I didn't want to pay for it at 35. I really don't want to pay for it now. <laughs> yeah, even the Val Kilmer uh, Batman Forever Batman is like freaking 50 bucks. I was just like, yeah. no, just no, can't. the time is now. 20 bucks. I filled out a uh, survey for DC Universe recently, and part of it was like the the DC collectibles section. I was like, uh, not applicable. I ain't got money for that shit. Mm-hmm. That is is not part of my part of my world right now. Well, I don't have it either. I can barely afford my pull list, <laughs> which is only barely back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, we uh, we need to get over to news because we got kind of. Not a whole lot. We got a lot of listener, uh, little listener feedback, listener questions and stuff. So, mm, so. Okay. we're gonna have a long-ish show, I guess. Maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah. What did we record so, for? Like four and a half hours last time we sat down? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it was a while. I mean, yes, and <laughs> no. I'm, I'm not even kidding. I looked at our uh, our Skype history when I started to hit you up to start here. Uh-huh. It was five hours and four minutes, that phone call. Yeah, the phone call. The show was like an hour and a half. Oh, I know. But we must have been recording, though, for several. Uh, oh, no. No, I think we were just talking. Oh, we were just shooting the shit. Was that Was that just one of those nights? Okay, well, fine. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it definitely was. I said, All I right. told you time has no meaning. Mm-hmm. It does to some of us. <laughs> you and your <laughs> metrics. <laughs> HBO Max has officially... I guess for the first time, really, use DC Extended Universe as a label for these movies. (laughs) We've been using DC Extended Universe or DCEU all this time. Well, we have since like the 20, was it 16 or 17? 2016, yeah. Comic-Con? Yeah. Because they had... But Warner Brothers has never officially used it. I thought it was semi-official then because they they literally used it in their verbiage when they held their uh, their thing at Comic Con that year, and then I guess I, I, I guess I thought it was official for years. Mm-hmm. Hadn't paid yeah, attention, no, I mean, but okay. But it it was headlines that it was a uh, you know officially used. Yeah, I've never seen it officially used that I remember, but you know, hey, I might I might have forgotten. But here was here was an interesting thing though, their little description, their little blurb. Mm-hmm. For the DC Extended Universe on HBO Max. Explore the interconnected DC Comics worlds with your closest friends in Gotham and beyond. So they're saying worlds, plural. Yeah, I think they're leaning they're also, into that finally. But they're also stressing interconnected. Um, I, look, man, I might be like a, some, one of these wild conspiracy theorists out here or something, but I don't know, man. I just, I just feel like that's like Jim Lee's divine hand at play (laughs) (laughs) i'm like dude's got a plan i don't i don't know who maybe maybe i I don't know who to attribute that to and and i certainly don't know who to blame for not being happening sooner Mm -hmm. although historically i would blame diane nelson but yeah i don't think it was her no i don't think so not for real for real for real for real no not for real for real real, real. um just kind of real uh but it is nice (laughs) like they're gonna they're gonna lean into the whole multiverse thing and if 
Like I said, uh, I don't remember when we talked about it last, but when uh, when Ezra Miller showed up on the CW, that was a mm-hmm. groundbreaking moment. That was just yep. nothing was going to be the same after that, it felt like, and thank God it's mm-hmm. all come true. Yep. I was like, one I of those... was really hoping that one could be a flash in a pan kind of thing. Yes, I said that. <laughs> if it helps, I didn't realize until I was getting to the word pan what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, when I saw Ezra Miller on The Flash, that was like one of those like, oh, shit. The yeah. Klingons do have ridges on their dick moments. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm pretty sure residents in my neighborhood three doors down heard the word flash mm-hmm. or Ezra. I can't remember what I yelled. It was, a, there was a lot of yelling though. Like I was really glad I was alone that night when I was watching it because I would have, I would have ruined the rest of the house's night. Yeah. Nah, they couldn't hear you because they were too busy listening to shitty music or playing it. Oh no, no, they were three doors down. Yeah. I want to make a kryptonite reference and I'm just not gonna. Yeah. I wasn't gonna go that way. I just wanted to point out that you said three doors down and I hate the music. <laughs> So I've seen him live though. Good for you, man. And it was I weird. Guess. It was the weird one of the weirdest shows I've ever seen. It was like the opening act was Disturbed, and in high oh. school I was like, okay, cool, let's go watch that. Um, it was opening act Disturbed. Middle was Three Doors Down, which I thought, okay, I got nothing for this, but whatever. I guess that's when I'm going to make a beer mm-hmm. run. They um, held you while you were there. Yeah. Well, no, that was that was when I visited concessions and bought some other stuff. Okay, good. Uh, but the headliner was Stuntable Pilots, which is why I was there. Uh, like For me, it was like, oh, STP's in town. Yes, that's happening. And then mm-hmm. Disturbed was like, well, that's not hurting my feelings at all. And then Three Doors Now, <laughs> okay, I guess that I guess I'll be watching them for 45 minutes. Yeah. I don't remember another song, just that one. <laughs> just the one. All right, well. Anyway. Yeah. According to Deadline, mm-hmm. Henry Cavill is in talks. To return as Superman. And that was reported May 27th. Um, they say, uh, while there is not a Man of Steel sequel in the works, we're hearing that Henry Cavill is in talks to reprise his Superman role in the Warner Brothers DC Universe. We hear Cavill could come back in a couple of different ways, though not in a standalone film. But there are plans to put him back in the big red cape again, sources with knowledge tell us. Um, Warner Brothers is not developing a Man of Steel sequel. And Wonder Woman 1984, the Suicide Squad are in the can. Superman isn't expected to make a cameo in Matt Reeves' The Batman. Um, other projects where Cavill could make a cameo are Shazam 2, Black Adam, or Aquaman 2. Those are the next uh, productions being prepped. So mm-hmm. we've got that. Comicbook.com says they've learned that Cavill will reprise the role. Uh, and they're saying also Man of Steel is, uh, 2 is not in the works. But uh, they're saying that he's going to be more like Nick Fury or Mark Ruffalo's Hulk in, in the Marvel movies, just kind of popping in for a supporting role or even having smaller cameo roles. Um, That's I don't know. effectively what he's been doing for I mean, a minute not, now. Well. In, in the sense that the last time we saw him, he did a, a pop-up at the end of, Sh- of Shazam. Well, it wasn't Cavill, though. Yeah, I know, but it was his suit. And now, since he's apparently in talks, I can I can feel good about saying it was him, even though it wasn't. Yeah. No, I don't. it wasn't him, yeah, but... I mean, I know it physically and literally wasn't. Right. It was his suit, so I'm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, THR, Hollywood Reporter, says mm-hmm. on May 29th, uh, the situation with Henry Cavill and Superman is complicated. Sources tell Heat Vision that Cavill is not in any negotiations for any cameo and that the character is currently not in any written script, not in Black Adam, not in the Batman, not even in The Flash. 
which would be the most obvious project to insert the Kryptonian, seeing as the film deals with both time travel and an alternate Earth and could serve as an entry point. Um, so, but yeah, as they point out, the keyword in this is currently. All this could change. Uh, the, the important thing is uh, he's in the conversation again, I would say. Yeah. I don't think he ever left the table, if it helps. Yeah. No, I don't think he he walked away. I think it was like, well, we don't really know what we're going to do. Yeah. I mean, he's been, um, his Instagram <laughs> history is full of references to his love for that character. It, mm-hmm. If it, I think we've said this before. If it doesn't happen, it will not be, I don't think it'll be Henry's fault. Oh, no. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't blame him, but, uh. J.D. McRae wanted to know what movies we wanted to see Henry Cavill cameo in. Yes. If the rumors are right. Yes. Just all of them. Yeah. All of them. The answer is yes. Um, <laughs> also, if we get another Superman with him, what should the villain be? Uh, I, I still like Lex Luthor. I still like Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. I would like to see some combination of Luthor and Brainiac teaming up. Or uh, uh, I want to see some slight version of Toy Man. I want to see Toy Man for just a minute. No, Toy Man's not, not the whole got movie. a lot of potential for sure. I <laughs> I enjoyed Eisenberg. Um, I I know a lot of people didn't. It was, it, but it, I mean, it was a I'll call it a brave take. If uh, if you didn't like it, you'll think that's very uh, kind wording. But still, mm-hmm. um, I enjoyed his version, and I would love to see him. And I, honestly, I would love to see a Man of Steel two where it was him versus an Injustice Society led by Eisenberg. Uh huh. All of that. Um, if I just got to pick one though. Since Man of Steel was kind of so spacey to begin with, I would really wouldn't mind a Brainiac. That would, especially after seeing Krypton's Brainiac. Like I really got a taste for it a little bit after seeing that. Mm-hmm. Um, that I mean, he God, that was a really good one. Well, speaking of, I wouldn't mind Lobo either. Kind of a Last Sons yeah. thing. But you know, I was thinking about it the other day. Um, when you look at BVS and you look how uh, Lex sort of became so integrated with the uh, the Kryptonian ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then started having, as Zach put it, communion with uh, Steppenwolf. Mm-hmm. I think it would be great if they pushed the route of the animated series universe and had Brainiac be the computer system from Krypton. Okay, I can dig that. And had like maybe we have like a piece of Brainiac just sort of slowly growing within Lex's brain, like some connection with the Kryptonian ship. He, he got the, the Brainiac parasite or something, you know, just yeah. sort, of, sort of like a little, a germ of parasite, uh, not parasite, uh, Brainiac. In him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we could see that really cool uh, amalgamation of Lex and Brainiac that we get in some of the, some of the comics. Yeah. Another option is if something like New Gods does uh, finally, you know, get, get into production seriously, then yeah. Yeah, Superman versus the New Gods any in any capacity. Hell yeah, pick one. I don't care. Pick Granny Goodness. Fucking beat her mm-hmm. up for a while. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Any one of them. I'll take it all. I'll take I'll whatever. I'll take it all. I, uh, I mean, effectively, that, it comes down to I'll take a Man of Steel 2 no matter how you do this. Yeah, I'll take whatever it you It could be me. him versus a toothpick. Mm-hmm. I do like the idea of having him cameo in different heroes movies to really push the, I don't want to say agenda, but that's what it is. That Henry Cavill Superman is like a, a, is like an inspirational figure to all of these different people, so that we can really kind of I don't whet the ep- the appetite for a, a, a solo Superman movie coming yeah. at some point. Yeah, that wouldn't hurt my feelings a bit. I mean, I don't, I really don't mind that take at all. Um, and in the same way, they can use Flash to actually tie things together because a speedster is like 
Dude, a speedster is the magic elixir if you're a, a writer for comics. Mm-hmm. You can make so many things happen because you have one at your disposal. So mm-hmm. in the same way, you can use Superman emotionally. I mean, we already know in this in this particular universe, the S stands for hope. It stands for other things other, other writers have done. But in this particular one, on his planet, it stands for hope. And fuck yeah, I'd love to see him just come in with some inspirational speeches every once in a while. Hell yeah, yeah. I'll take that. Like, we got a Supergirl that may be coming at some point. I don't know where that stands exactly, but if if he wants to show up for that and cheer, cheer Kara on and then she kicks some ass, hell yeah, man. Yep. All right, uh, over to Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, <laughs> the, the HBO Max guy, uh, big boss, Bob Greenblatt, mm-hmm. was on Vox's Recode podcast. And he was talking about the budgetary complexities involving Zack Snyder's version of Justice League. And he says, it isn't as easy as going into the vault and there's a Snyder cut sitting there to put out. It does not exist. Zack is actually building it and it's complex, including new VFX shots. It's a radical rethinking of that movie and it's complicated and wildly expensive. I'll just say I wish it was 30. It was just 30 million and stop there. Yeah. <laughs> it's an enormous <laughs> undertaking and very complex. <laughs> That's would it surprise you though if like especially the way he phrased that would it surprise you if if what we end up seeing isn't you know if we went back four years and asked him to make this movie let's say mm-hmm. that movie that he would have made would be X mm-hmm. X movie mm-hmm. would it surprise you if like because of what he has still at his disposal um, even even giving him as much money as he's getting which is really a, an adequate amount it sounds like mm-hmm. I mean they're they're giving him resources this is not going to be a stingy thing is it it's still going to be would it surprise you if it was still just like as close as even Zack Snyder can get to what he wanted to do originally? Or do you yeah. think it will literally just be what he wanted to do? I don't know at this point. Like, I don't like the way this guy's talking. It makes me wonder if this is, you know, some uh, <laughs> a combination of well, what Zack shot and like what Zack wanted to do. Because I mean, Warner we know Brothers he finished has, principal, but he didn't get yes. to do the reshoots. And a lot of directors count on being able to go back, go back for reshoots. But he also, what he was filming was not going to be the Justice League part one that was going to have the part two and then eventually the part three. Yeah. Um, but I'm wondering if Warner Brothers isn't looking at this situation and going, no, they know about the five part plan. <laughs> They're going to want the whole thing. So what do you need? <clears throat> It will depend, uh, I think, somewhat on the success of the whole thing, for sure. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I'm if, just if, curious. I don't if know. If after what's all going the on. kerfuffle and all the falter all, if everyone just pirates the damn thing and they get nothing out of it, uh, yeah, we, we may just fail to get the rest of it. Uh, you know what? They'll, they'll at least get the uh, no no more cries for, for Zack Snyder's cut. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. like, you know what? Even if we waste all this money, it'll be actually be nice to be able to put out a thing and advertise it without hearing release of Snyder cut. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, <clears throat> but I don't know. For and real. with like, my I, suggestion, I'm definitely not trying to diminish the product in any way. I, I'm just mm-hmm. like, no. I, I, I want it. Like, I think it's still minimum. I think it's still going to be like 95 plus percent what he wanted to do. Yeah, I, I, I think the important part is the effort. They're they're bringing <clears throat> Zach in and they're throwing money at him. So yeah, whatever yeah. he puts out, and you know, years have passed. Okay. Um, I, I'm not going to say I'm anywhere near a Zack Snyder level creator, but I know when I've created things, uh, made videos and stuff, it takes me like, I'll change my mind about what I want to do th- 10 times a day. Oh, I get it. I get it completely. Like I it's can, been, uh, it's been years and years now. I've got, I don't know how many uh, times I've like listened back to a song from, you know, three, 
five, God help me, ten years ago or something, and just been like, ah, oh, man, I would have done that differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another thing. I wonder, like, what percentage of what he wants to do now is exactly what he wanted to do then. Um, yeah. But in, and, in my you know. like in my mind, Zack Snyder has gotten better at what he's done the whole time. Like, I don't think that's going to be. We're not like giving. It's not like David Justice at the Oakland Days kind of thing. Like this is David Justice with the Braves. Um, mm-hmm. This is a guy. Who's, this is a guy who's still on the up, on the upside. He's not. He's not going down. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I knew I had to sum that up for you. But I don't know why David Justice was the example I thought of. I heard. Uh, I was listening to Michael Lewis's Against the Rules earlier, and they mentioned Moneyball. That's why I went to that. That's why. Okay. Just putting that all together myself. But yeah, I am very, very, very uh, interested to see what we get out of Zack Snyder's Justice League. I, I want to know what it is and uh, how much of it is the original uh, plan, how much of it is just like, oh, what I was going to make after we cut it down to just one. Yeah. I, yeah. Just please You know what would be know. infuriating, though, is What's after that? after all this, after all the fight that, uh, you know, people like myself have no credit for. I was, I was, other people get the credit for why this is happening. Mm-hmm. The uh, but after all that, if at the end of this, some of the executives look at what he's done and say, "Like, can you cut twenty minutes?" I will. <laughs> I don't even know <laughs> how mad I would be on behalf of everyone. Uh huh. I was mad when we heard that from the original BVS stuff. Like that's been infuriating for years. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Standing ovation. We just need it thirty minutes shorter. Yeah, and I, you know, I wonder. We always did about suspect, mm-hmm. though, that that had to do with run times in theaters, butts in seats. So theoretically, since it's going to streaming, that won't be an issue. Right, and especially with Zach saying, like, ah, let's do, let's do maybe a streaming series, let's do a a, a show, and yeah. if you made it into a show, you get more justification for being like, oh, Zach Snyder's Justice League season two. Yeah, I would. Um, re- I mean. Yeah. Oh, God. Do you know how much I'd love to hear the conversation where one of the execs said, like, what? I mean, it's great, man. Can you cut it by about 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes? And just Snyder go, hmm, how'd that work out for you last time? Mm-hmm. Oh, you released my cut on the DVD because yours didn't do as well as you wanted? Oh, okay. Oh, and then my cut put it over? Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure, we'll cut it. And then just ignore him completely. Mm-hmm. He leaves the room, and they immediately fire that guy in cinema. Yeah. And they should if that, if that happened. <laughs> Uh, Heroic Hollywood is saying that with the entire Justice League cast booked down on projects that have either been delayed or postponed due to the shutdown, scheduling would be an absolute nightmare for the Snyder Cut. However, that being said, and the following is unconfirmed, there is a rumor that Zack Snyder will have to shoot Henry Cavill's face against a green screen, at the very least for special effects purposes, because the current reference material of Cavill from the theatrical cut of Justice League is of him in a mustache. If I doubted anything, it would not be that. Um, yeah, Special Effects Insider tells Heroic Hollywood how that would work is that the visual effects house hired for the Snyder Cut will reshoot Cavill's face and map that onto the existing footage. The report continues, if Cavill were to go to into the studio and assuming that he's in the relative same shape, don't worry, he is. He is. Have you seen The Witcher? Good God. Or just his recent Instagram. I'm pretty sure The Witcher increased the like the like gay population just by a couple percentile. Dude looks fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I heard grown men saying like, man, maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's the Witcher. <laughs> maybe um, it's the pale blue contact eyes. 
<laughs> it might be easier to reshoot his whole body and performance and paint out the old footage and replace it with the new and current special effects footage. A lot also depends on the complexity of the shots Snyder wants to use and how many they have to do. Well, yeah, all of that sounds accurate. Yeah, but it's still what you were talking about before. They've still got to sign him for all that. Like and, He's not on the hook for reshoots for a film that's already out this long. And this is, this is why... Um, I didn't want to give any kind of real credence to last week's uh, report from Umberto Gonzalez, who said that uh, they weren't going to be bringing any, anybody to. First of all, we've already had the big boss say that he wishes it was just $30 million now. And <laughs> now this report. And kind of jokingly, like, like in, it, yeah. I read that interview and he kind of said, like, God, I wish it was just 30. Like, I, it felt very honest when he said it. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is going to be steep. I kind of bought it. I kind of bought it when he said that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. This is exciting. Uh, Trustful Neutron over on Vero asks Zack Snyder, are there any more nightmare sequences? And Zack says, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Just, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yay. Uh, I'm down. So it, there's the canon new... as it exists, that's the big gaping hole of, like, we need this to be filled in. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a new interview with, or a newish interview with Business Insider, uh, HBO Max content chief Kevin Riley uh, talked a little bit about why uh, bringing the Snyder Cut uh, <laughs> out is going to take so long. He says, or took so long to actually announce it. He says, "I forgot. Sorry, I forget when Zach and Deborah first gave us the sense of where they were heading, but even from that meeting, me and my team felt it was something we really wanted to do. There were a lot of issues involved to figure out how we could deliver on his vision." and a myriad of legal issues. We've been sitting on this for quite some time, but working on it. It was obviously a secret project given the highest, sorry, given the high level of interest, but we were chipping away at it piece by piece. There was some strategy, but also some serendipity in how we got over the hurdle of some of those issues just before the launch. Um, then he was pressed for more specifics and he says, that's a whole separate interview. Let's follow that as a follow-up. Please, please Look, do that follow-up. So, absolutely, but um, I did want to include that because... Uh, it, it made you more right. <laughs> All this time you've been beating the drum about legal issues and, <laughs> and now I it said made it, it was complicated. I didn't have yes, faith. Yes, you did. That's right. So uh, it just, you know, I felt like they were backing you up a little bit. I, I appreciate that. Um, something in, the, in that interview that was, uh, it was elsewhere in that, but mm-hmm. I'm sure you read the whole thing too. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, Something that I, I really did like and actually gave me a lot of faith in the interview itself is somewhere in there he said, like, we're trying to get Harry Potter. We want it. It's a, it's a big deal. We've got we to gotta get the rights back from, I think, NBC mm-hmm. or NBC Universal. And um, that was 48 hours before HBO Max launched. And then I, I looked at HBO Max the day it <laughs> launched, and there was Harry Potter. I was like, dude was really – he was grinding. Dude was fucking yeah. grinding. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was Yeah, that was impressive. I, he wasn't kidding. I mean, in the, in the in the interview, he literally said, "Like we're trying to make that happen as soon as possible," kind of thing. And then, then yeah, apparently, I don't know if the interview helped or what, but whatever, it, it's there. All yeah, twelve of those movies. Uh, Matthew Salvatore at Pure Genius Lego on Twitter says, "What scene are you most excited to see in Zack Snyder's Justice League?" Mine would be the nightmare scenes. Nightmare scenes. As always, love the show. Yeah, nightmare scenes for sure. Nightmare scenes, or based on anything that we've seen so far, anything in color. Um, yes, yes, yes. Um, or anything with that, the Martian Manhunter. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's more to that, uh, that football game 
I don't care about the football game. <laughs> I kind of do because it's part of Ray Fisher's story or the cyborg story. Like I, I really right. kind of – they hyped the shit out of that. Like it's big enough that it appears in – like that is part of the continuity of that universe is that goddamn game. Yeah. I – yeah, I'm interested to see more. Um, I wouldn't mind a little highlight reel of that of that for, uh, for Cyborg. Yeah, I want to see more Cyborg. I want to see everything. I want to see all of it. Yeah. But uh, definitely the thing I'm most – well, I don't know. I say the nightmare sequences, but – Man, I want more green. I want Green Lantern so bad. <laughs> I want Green Lantern. I want uh, Martian Manhunter. I like Harry Lennox. I like him a lot. Uh, I do. And he's been you know, he, super cool about his uh, tweets around the subject. Uh, yeah. He's been great about that. Uh, I loved him in Dollhouse. Uh, I loved him yeah. in freaking he, – like, he, between him and James Spader, like, I actually sometimes mourn that I just couldn't stand to watch Blacklist anymore. Because um, <laughs> they're both so good, they they were really good, but the plot just took forever to get to, mm-hmm. it. I, I and it's still taking forever. Like that was my wife still watches that, it. I'm that was like, back in the you, days. Is, like, ugh. oh yeah, I get it. It's um, awful. You remember the time when we had time to watch shows that weren't DC related? Uh, vaguely, yeah. <laughs> like I wasn't married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know the name of my child. Right. Those were different days. <laughs> Yeah, but for the past like five years, I consume DC content like most Christians pretend that they read the Bible. So yes, <laughs> um, I would generally generally venture, and I I mean this only comedically, but with some, I think we probably know a lot more about this content than most people do about the stuff they actually worship. It, <laughs> I mean that as a polite jeer. Don't take it too seriously, but yeah, ser- it, but. Seriously, we, there's a lot to consume, and it takes up most of our lives. I mean, that, you know, I, I think at worst those those comments that we've made just now are just insightful commentary on the state of belief. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> I think I've heard pastors say this, something to that effect. Oh, Lennon made a similar comment, and it damn near ruined his career. So maybe we just tanked it. I don't know. Maybe that's. No, we didn't say <laughs> we didn't say we were better than or greater than Jesus or whatever. No, he more, said they were more popular. More which popular. Later, he claimed was a uh, was. an indictment of the the way religion embraced him rather than the way they were being embraced. Well, yeah, isn't it? Well, that's what he said. It's hard to know because it was Lennon. He's a bit cagey. He was a clever yeah. dude, so he, he uh, yeah, you never quite knew exactly where he was coming from. You have to kind of discern it. And then some asshole came around <laughs> and made sure we couldn't ask him follow-up questions. Mm-hmm. Fucking Chapman piece of shit. Yeah, he just do like Bob Dylan and just make up more shit. <laughs> All right. So we just went on uh, about the Beatles and Bob Dylan for about 10 minutes. Sorry. And, uh, and uh, sorry. That'll be on Patreon at some point. <laughs> Over to David Ayer's Suicide Squad. Uh, Christian Brown asked him, how much did Snyder affect your interpretation of the characters at the time you were essentially playing in his DC sandbox, right? Obviously introducing new characters, but within his universe. How much influence did he have on the Joker, the story itself? Ayer says, we synced up storylines. Squad was the on-ramp for Justice League, which was a much more ambitious two-part movie arc with impressive scope. Uh, Squad was the appetizer for Zack's epic. Best laid, best laid plans, as they say. Mm, yeah. So yeah, we knew that. Uh, <laughs> now he, um, someone brought up the "I Started a Joke" trailer, and he says this trailer nailed the tone and intention of the film I made: methodical, layered, complex, beautiful, and sad. After the BVS reviews shell shocked the leadership at the time, and the success of Deadpool, my soulful drama was beaten into a comedy. Yeah, that trailer blew me away the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've. Uh, 
I completely get it. That thing was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yep. Now, I'd um, love to eventually see what he was going for there. Uh, me too. Um, he, someone brought up uh, a couple of different shots from the uh, when Joker has uh, Harley strapped down. And they said this was – they asked like what the differences were, and he says uh, – or they asked him to explain it anyway. Mm-hmm. And he says, this this scene was reshot because the tone was too dark. My first act was a normally constructed film. I took my inspiration from Nolan. There were real scenes with incredible acting between Jared and Margot. Joker was terrifying. Harley was complex. And interestingly, though, Kathy Yan of Birds of Prey, the director, uh, said, I'm so sorry this happened to you, David. I know the pain. And that sparked a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to go into it. It sparked a whole thing. I don't really want to go into it. Um, I, I will say this about it. Sadly, it probably won't change anything. It probably won't. Now, uh, she told the Hollywood Reporter, though, Kathy Yan did, mm-hmm. um, that she had to fight to keep the scene where Black Mask makes the woman take off her clothes and dance on the table. Really? Yeah, she says, I'll be honest, we had to fight to keep that scene because it was uncomfortable. It was risky, and we had to fight to keep it all. Uh, keep it at all. There were cuts of the movie without it. I'm really glad we kept it because I think it's important. I think that a lot of people have been very impacted by that scene. I think it's a huge turning point for Roman. It's a huge turning point for Canary. And the way that we shot it was hopefully not about the sexual violence upon the woman. It was more about Roman, what he's capable of, and Canary seeing him for who he really is for the first time. Now she can finally cut herself off from him, and I thought it was a really important scene, so we fought for it. I agree. I actually completely agree. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I, think, I think that's been our take the whole time on that scene. Like, we brought it up when we did our first take on Birds of Prey, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a very important scene. And mm-hmm. extraordinarily acted. And in a way that, it, yeah, it was a very uncomfortable scene. It was supposed to be. Yeah. Now, I, I hope that's all she's talking about, really. But, you know... Uh, people like Grace Randolph and others have been kind of going on with her, with Kathy Ann, about some old scoops that Grace and others had. Uh, that the film was some, some hubbub. Some hubbub. Yeah, that the, the film was reshot to edit out a storyline where there were like Roman Sionis's dick pics and the size of his dick was a big joke or a small joke, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and and Kathy's really been going back and forth, trading barbs with. Uh, Oh, oh, graceless Randolph, mm-hmm. and I won't get into it all uh, into all of it here. Um, I this was of interest to me though. Uh, Kathy Ann said there was never there has never been any discussion about the size of Roman's dick. I can't believe I even have to write that. The original I, I don't script. Know how I'm having this conversation right now. <laughs> the original script called for an image of Roman as Michelangelo's David. You know, art. Yeah. If that's a dick pic, then the Louvre is full of them. It was a joke to show how narcissist he is. It didn't work. We all agreed. So we rewrote some ADR. That's it. Absolutely no reshoots were devoted to this nonsense issue. So there you go. There's that. And uh, I I do want to say a lot of Snyder Cut people are defending Grace because she was pro Snyder Cut. But then she also you know, in her man of steel review said she wanted Zack Snyder gone. Uh, so she's <laughs> gone back and forth. She's fine. Like, it's fine to change your mind. Me and you have changed our minds on several occasions. We're not faulting Grace Randolph for that. No. Um, continuously harassing and arguing with a, a director. Yeah. I'm going to fault you for that, buddy. Leave her alone. Just leave her alone. I'm sorry. You think your scoop was correct. I, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. Um, 
Now, if she now if Kathy Yan actually did have these problems or have problems like Suicide Squad did, I'm curious. Like I read the <laughs> I think I just sent you like a sigh and just said release the Yan cut. But <laughs> <laughs> I got that. I got that yeah. sometime and laughed. Um somewhere in the midst of my chaos, I, I got a chuckle out of it. Uh-huh. I, you know, so I don't know. I don't want to, I'm not, not going to sure get into to what being... extent she went through, uh, exactly the rewrites that Snyder and Ayer did. I'm not, mm-hmm. I will say this historically, uh, we shouldn't know for another about two and a half, three years. Right. When the, <laughs> cause like Ayer the... and Snyder, <laughs> when the NDRs wear off. Yeah. Like they, they towed the line. Um, mm-hmm. Ayer got in trouble from, for some people for having towed the line when he did. And um, <clears throat> it's one of the many things that I regret in, in, in the light of the new information is uh, as best as we could, we kind of tried to, tried to buy it, I guess. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but now we know better. Now we know better. But <clears throat> we um, can't trust a director when they're under a certain time period. Yeah, I mean, I think we threw out some disclaimers about NDAs here and there, but mm. eh, you know. Um, well, we've you know this has been the last five years has been a learning experience for us. Yeah. Well, mostly what we've learned and uh, trust no one. Yeah. Well, no, don't trust the WB executives. <laughs> and and within a certain amount of time from the release <clears throat> of the movie, the directors are executives. Yeah. So just or as good as so just yeah. shut up or as accountable just, as and then the first to go mm-hmm. to the fire if something goes wrong so uh, we, we kind of won't know I will give her this though it's not like there are points in the movie where I thought oh well that's a cut oh well they made a choice here for her or something like that but mm-hmm. it honestly the movie feels pretty coherent to me uh, I but they changed her title after a week like they changed that's the title true. of her fucking movie mm-hmm. when the that hell does be- that happen I think they just changed it on the marquee, though, and in the advertising. Like, I'm pretty sure that when you go to when see the movie, it doesn't... When you went to websites to look for a ticket to that movie, the title yeah. of that movie had changed. But I'm pretty sure when you're watching the movie and they show you the title card at the end, it doesn't say Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. I'm pretty no, sure No, I don't think they changed Birds the actual film. They changed the marketing around it and the, and, and, and all that. But yeah, like, they, they, were, they didn't literally recut and send... The another right. digital copy of the movie to change to reflect the title change, but they didn't have to. But they, I, I mean, they they did. They she titled that movie a certain way. Her and I believe Margot Robbie like sat down and made made sure. I I think that was what they wanted was that was the title of that movie. Mm-hmm. And they just after after a week they just took it. They just took it and said no, we're not doing that. Yeah, I don't well, think they were either in, of them were okay with that decision. They were in drastic salvage mode, but <clears throat> yeah, I yes mean no. The movie is back to Birds of Prey, as far as I can tell. <clears throat> yeah. And, yeah, after all this, it is. <laughs> after a crazy few months where they had they had normal box office numbers for a minute, and then things got weird. Mm-hmm. Like, the the number... If you, if you ask me what the uh, Bird of Prey, Birds of Prey, like, final box office was, I, I would probably tell you, like, this is the number minus... I don't know, five to ten percent of what it would be if it had been able to stay in theaters because theaters yep. just closed down. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's going to change the entire story of it. I'm just saying it, it took a it took a little bit off the end. Yep. All right. So over from David Ayer's Suicide Squad bleh, mm-hmm. to uh, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Um, if you, in case you were wondering how he would feel if David Ayer released his cut, James Gunn said he'd be okay with it 
whatever uh, or be with okay with whatever David Ayer and Warner Brothers wanted to release with uh, no problem. So, yay! Yeah, uh, no one stepping on James Gunn's toes. No, and it it's weird though. There's so many divisions now, but they're like I never thought. I never thought when we started this even. Did you ever think you'd live in a world where there were two Suicide Squad movies with no. two notable directors? Well, yeah, and there would be fans getting camped about which version they wanted to be real. Mm-hmm. This, you know is a, this, this all sounds like a Warner Brothers cluster. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't, I hadn't like thought it through completely, but, but you know what the thing was is like, now that I say it, yeah. even at the time that we were, we had started the show, um, there were already like, you know, wars and rumors of wars. Yeah. Um, already, you know, things about, uh, how Marvel studios did things and about, Sure. Uh, how you know certain directors were like, yeah, well, we didn't get what we wanted. Edgar Wright being one of them. Uh, yeah, I think Patty Jenkins had left uh, I still, Dark World. I like Ant Man, but it, uh, no, I would love to have seen Edgar's version of that. I would have been interested to see it, but at this, you know, uh, I think at the time, and I still do, kind of feel this way. You know, it's just because Warner Brothers is a studio that touts themselves as the, the director's studio or whatever horseshit that mm-hmm. might be true now, but it wasn't then. Um, I, the Hamada era feels different, but it does. The Sujihara um, era. No, they didn't give a shit. But to me, I kind of feel like, you know, if you're, if, if you have a, a, a big interconnected universe and we know that's what they were going for. They wanted the Avengers. They wanted Marvel. And, uh, you know, sure, in certain ways I do and too. That money. Yeah. Yeah. And in certain ways I did too. I would love to, you know, at the time I was definitely like, I want to see justice. League. I want to see DC do their own take of what Marvel has done. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, and ironically, part of that was because we had seen the Avengers movie, which Whedon did mm-hmm. fantastically. And then later Whedon's name got, got involved in a way that, uh, I, I just was unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so I'm so Part sorry. Was, yeah, I'm so sorry His that he story cheated. Arc in this whole thing is is just a tragedy. Yes, I'm sorry that he cheated on his wife and everybody hates him now. I'm yeah. sorry that I'm he, sure he's probably the sorriest if it helps. <laughs> it's probably not working out for him either. I mean, uh, it, actually, that part of his life is probably working out pretty well. It seems like based <laughs> oh, really? on the social okay. media. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm I'm <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't follow the man that extensively. I don't either. I'm just assuming, um, like, if if I did, my life would go to hell in a handbasket very quickly. Yeah. Well, I think he his did for a while, but um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think he's actually ever publicly said that he did it. But anyway, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people hate him because of his personal life. A lot of people hate him because of Justice League. I don't like just like Joss Whedon didn't come in and say, "Hey guys, I'm going to take this from Zack Snyder." That didn't happen. Mm-mm. Um. I, Honestly, the fact is, I think he got played too. Uh, yeah, I feel like he did. I, you know, and he actively liked uh, dismissive and uh, angry tweets about the movie. Yeah. So, I think he had issues with it. I think if it had been written by him and fully directed by him, it would still wouldn't have been what a lot of the Snyder Cut people wanted, but it would have been a lot better. Yeah, I, I well, I, I don't think you could put that any better. I don't think like some of the stuff that was just. Definitely Joss, uh, like the uh, something's definitely bleeding moment kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Some of that is is 
just how it, I don't know. That's how he does I, things. That's his feel. That's how movies go with with him at the helm. And there's a version yep. of Justice League that's probably great if he got to do it from scratch. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think if you if you gave him and Snyder the ability to sit in a room and decide the fate of that movie, they would probably just scrap it and burn every copy. Both of them. <laughs> they would decide unanimously to just burn it to the ground. I should include Deborah there. Yeah. So if if Joss and both Snyders got to sit there. And with a quorum, it would be burned to the ground. <coughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure Joss wants to see Zack Snyder's version of the movie too. I think he would too. And crazily enough, they're they're both of those people are or all of those people in this case are so talented. There there are parts of that movie that are still really fucking good. Yeah, I agree. It, it just doesn't fit tonally. No, it's fractured. All right, we're gonna move. We're gonna move. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. John Murphy is scoring the Suicide Squad. By the way. Uh, he did 28 Days Later. He did Sunshine. A bunch of other films. Uh, James Gunn uh, announced that on Twitter. And um, he says, uh, <laughs> we're, tr- we're creating something truly special with the score. As a side benefit, he's got a hilarious Beatle accent that keeps me amused. <laughs> a little Scouser? I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Slings for Liverpoolian. See, uh, over to Wonder Woman 1984, Patty Jenkins says, uh, we made Wonder Woman 1984 for the big screen and believe in the power of cinema. In these terrible times when theater owners are struggling as so many are, we are excited to redate our film to August 14th, 2020. Yeah, I really uh, hope so. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's that's what she's saying. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll see that. Last time I walked into the theater was Birds of Prey, and I would not mind walking in for WWE 84 afterward. You know, uh, again, I, I say, I've said it before. I hate it for the theater owners, but I wouldn't mind just renting that bitch for 20 bucks, Just sitting down and watching it at my house. Yeah, that too. I mean, I'd mean, i be happy to never walk into a theater again. I hate the theater. <laughs> there are parts of the experience that I really do enjoy. And if <clears throat> if the whole thing burned to the ground, I, I wouldn't complain either. Well, it was it was bad enough. It was bad enough just dealing with idiots and assholes, you know? Uh, sure. But then... The first time I went to go see Guardians of the Galaxy, I had a massive, massive panic attack. And now every since, oh, ever since, yeah. like, th- just going to a theater is, like, a, a huge trigger point for me. Like, I just feel like I'm going to, like, I have, I almost have a panic attack on the way to every theater thinking I'm going to have a panic attack in the movie. Like, Yeah, <laughs> panic attacks work that way, though. Like, there's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, the, uh, once something's happened in a context, it's easier for it to happen again. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's It's rough that way. So... And, oh, God, believe me, I understand. Um, also, I've seen you just have some shitty experiences in theaters. Like, yeah. the first time we saw The Avengers, for instance, was a, was an absolute disaster. Mm-hmm. We couldn't hear half the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that particular theater has really upped its game. It's it's a lot better, but or it was last time I went there. But um, And then there was that guy, like, when we were trying to watch Batman vs. Superman in theater, that time, there was a guy, ironically enough, or coincidentally enough, I should say, instead unwrapping Jolly Ranchers two feet from our head the entire fucking time. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. I still want to find that person and just slap them into another dimension. It, that, yeah. that was insanity. When I saw Man of Steel, there was, a, there was a guy who wouldn't take his kid out of the theater, and the kid was just, like, screaming bloody murder. Just He was an infant, man. Get, get your <laughs> baby out of the theater. This person should not be here. I'm sorry. Like no, standing at the bottom of the theater and, and shaking it is not going to help. Like don't <laughs> don't rock it. Let's get get the hell out. Get the yeah. hell out. I'm trying to GTA hear what Joel is saying to Cavill. I get it. 
I mean, mean, yeah, I've had several bad. I, I do get the instinct that like I, I'll bet you this that person was a like a Superman fan, and this was going to be a movie he was looking forward to, and he wanted like his kid to see that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll bet you there was something like really adorable behind it, or could just be an asshole on the weekend who was like, oh, I kind of want to see that, and took his movie. I don't, uh, took his kid. I don't know. No, I paid the money. I'm gonna stand here and watch. Mm. Yeah, um, that's could, not, could I'm be pretty that. sure that's who we were dealing with. I'm pretty sure that's who we. We're... A real Superman fan would be courteous enough. yeah i mean i get that but i still have like i have framed uh copies of like superman 4 terrible movie but it was like i was old enough to take to a theater and my dad was just like so proud that i stayed still for two hours right the operative phrase there is old enough to take to a movie yeah yeah anyway i didn't ask him i would not be surprised if i went in my actual superman outfit that i did not take off for a year i mean i wore that thing down to like the nylon had split and torn my mom re-sewed it a few times. Mm-hmm. I got kicked out of preschool because I would not take it off. Right. Well, I got kicked out. I just walked out of there. Because, like, I went to preschool at a church that was literally, like, in my front yard. Like, my front yard ended. There was a street that was 12 foot. And then there was a church. It was a giant church. And then there was a big enough church that they had preschool programs. So I, I went there because it was super convenient. And I just kept walking home in my Superman outfit. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm good. That's I funny. think after a while they were like, you know, I don't know if he should come back. And my mom was like, yeah, I think I, I think I feel you on that. <laughs> All right, so I don't I don't know this account or this website DCEU Mythic, but it's uh is is spearheaded by Jeremy Conrad, and so was the article that was uh, that was uh, talked about this. So he's he's got some clout. I don't I just I know the name. I just can't place whether or not I trust him or not. You know how you just you see these names, and you're just like, I can't remember if you're one of the good ones. Yeah, yeah. But um, but I don't yeah, think he I've says heard the name of the website either. So maybe yeah. I don't know. But he says he was we talking about multiple go real sources. Deep and do like the IP search, but fuck that. Yeah, uh, he's got multiple sources telling him that Warner has begun very early talks and discussions about what the next big Harley Quinn project is going to be with Margot Robbie. Um, we don't know what that's going to be. Of course, everybody wants Gotham City Sirens. Like, no more Birds of Prey. Let's do Gotham City Sirens. Like, if you got a bird, if you, I'll, I'll, I'd love to see Birds of Prey in it. Yeah. But if you're going to do was, Harley, do Harley. That was the argument when they were talking about Birds of Prey was, why don't we do Gotham City Sirens? It was back and forth mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I, I hope it's Gotham City Sirens. I mean, in all fairness, at the end of that movie, she drives away. And if she just never came back, it would just be her and Cassandra. Mm-hmm. That would just be the next movie, her and Cassandra. There's no reason to revisit them necessarily. Now, see, I think the perfect thing to do would be to have. I think they should. I think they should split up the DCEU a little bit. Have some on HBO Max. Have some in the theater, like the big ticket items in in the theater, but keep it connected. Mm-hmm. And I think they should have the next Birds of Prey be on HBO Max. The next Harley Quinn, Gotham City Sirens, be in the theater, and we'll find out in the interim. Cassandra decided to leave Harley because she can't trust Harley. We found that out in Birds of Prey. We know that. Sure. Yeah. She went back with the birds, and then you have Harley running around with the, with with uh, poison ivy, and uh, and possibly Catwoman. I I mean I don't necessarily care about sirens as much as I care about a Harley Ivy situation. See, I want to see. Yeah, I want to see Gotham City Sirens, but I that's I really want to see Gotham City Sirens versus the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want. And I, anytime you mention Suicide Squad, it's almost like the elephant in the room while we're talking about it is, uh, you know, Leto's, Leto or Leto? Sorry, it's been a while. Leto? 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 Leto. 
Okay. Um, yeah, Leto's Joker is very divisive. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. I want to see him again. Well, see, once upon a time you said if I never see him again, that'll be okay. It still uh, will be okay. <laughs> I know. I think we're in a new... I think everybody's in a new mindset, though, now. Like, I think there are more pe- people more open to Eisenberg's Luther than there were before. I think there are more, uh, more openness to Leto's Joker than there was before. Uh, just because if the if the directors had gotten their way and we'd seen the way they wanted to do it, I think you said this at some point early on, that you felt Joker was cut out in a way that you wanted to see him more. But mm-hmm. what you got... The, tell me if I'm wrong. I remember you saying, like, for what I saw, I could give or take it. I want to see more of what he wanted to do. Because you could tell, yeah. I mean, there were scenes in the trailers that weren't there in the movie. It was clear it was cut. Yeah, it's like they took everything I liked out of the trailers. <clears throat> everything I liked of him out of the trailers. Yeah. And then when you and I saw the, the extra, like, 13 minutes in the uh, that they added, like, Ultimate Edition style, I think you liked him a little bit more. Like, there was more substance mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I've also been, you know, part of what I've been talking about is, you know, our, our growth over the last five years, like by the time the extended kind of came out, I had, and I think this is important for Eisenberg and with the general audience as well. And, and not, not only that, just the fans, uh, you, with time comes, you know, uh, acceptance, I think a lot of times, like, or you, you have more time to sit with it and you yeah. go, well, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> in the context of this show, my favorite version of that is your take on man of steel. Mm-hmm. Y- you, we're not sold at all by that movie, and then over time, I think you've you've really grown to appreciate it. Well, I think I think is I liked the bill of goods they were trying to sell me <laughs> all along, and yeah. there were moments that I really loved, but then you know I just didn't I couldn't get around certain things in my head. But you know, my primary issue with that movie has was and still is David Goyer. I don't like David Goyer. I just yeah, don't. I get it. I don't like his dialogue. I don't like his pacing and I don't like his attitude. I don't like his, you know, w- when you have the guy who says, you know, Batman v Superman is where they go when they run out of ideas. No, that was the beginning of the idea. That was, you know, <laughs> that, and I'm not saying he can't grow too. I'm just saying, you know, this is a guy who stood up and in, in front of an, uh, of a comic con crowd and told them, you know, I want to put Martian Manhunter in a, you know, as created in a lab in a Petri dish. <laughs> because the character's always been stupid to me. Like he, why are you so ashamed of being a comic book guy? Like yeah. just see. So my issue is uh, a lot of the times with David Goyer, not Chris Terrio. Yeah, looking back, Chris Terrio uh, goes <clears throat> a lot. And uh, you know, like, I would I, love uh, to see his actual script for Batman as it was going to yeah. be. I would love to yeah. see that. I feel like there's a reason that you know Affleck looked at the BVS script that Goyer wrote and went, mm, "I'm bringing in Chris." Yeah. And then would sit there in costume on the side rewriting scenes. And based on his comments, I feel like, you know, Goyer was sitting there like writing BVS going, okay, let me hammer out this dribble. If you're going to have fantasy involved. Yeah. This is a guy who just, he, in his DNA, there is 0% whimsy. (laughs) Just not there. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't, he doesn't understand like, I, I've. He's the he's the comic book apologist. He's the guy who's like, okay, so I like comic books because of this, but you're going to get some stuff in there like Superman or Martian Manhunter. Blah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the guy who, I don't know. Um, and I'm, I'm this guy sometimes, but it depends on the context. If I'm talking to certain people, I, I may present it a different way. But like, if I'm talking to somebody who, has, who understands nothing about comics, I'll go on a whole 
rant about how like this is the modern uh, like mythology. Like this is this is our version of the Greek gods. Like you, and, and by the way, they borrow from them heavily and sometimes <clears throat> just mm-hmm. use them. Um, right. We, we, this is an entire section of fiction that, by the way, is as old as most of the fiction that as is as important as anything you're watching right now and is, by the way, sometimes derivative of that thing. Now, I'll have that to say in certain contexts, and other times I'll just say, like, man, Superman's cool. Because <laughs> that's what matters. Because I yeah. believe both things. Like, yeah, Batman's a badass, Superman's cool, fucking Wonder Woman's a... I, I just, like, I love all these things just on a geek level, and I don't apologize for that. But otherwise, you know, I have speeches prepared for people I run into, I guess. Yeah. No, look, I'm, I'm, uh, all this to say... If you dig the Nolan movies that Goyer wrote, that's awesome. I'm glad for you. I have my own issues with them. I love, I like, I love the second one. I love the Dark Knight and Batman oh, Begins. Pretty good. Top tier. Dark Knight. Uh, the actual Dark Knight is yeah top ten all time presentation of a CBM. And you know Goyer what surrounded for it, certain though? things. Goyer works for certain things. And but when you're talking about a shared universe with with big epic DC heroes that he obviously doesn't have much of an interest in. Mm-hmm. No thanks. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of worked for Batman Begins yeah. because Batman is a grounded character and does need to start somewhere. But then he tries to take that groundedness into like a full city <laughs> lockdown, no man's land situation and I just I couldn't mm-hmm. follow him. I liked his work okay, you know, on Blade, the Blade movies weren't horrible. The third one was pretty bad. At the very least, I appreciated them introducing like hot Ryan Reynolds as yeah. they rebranded him as. Uh, by the way, this guy's also swole now, and could probably play yeah. some other stuff. And here we have Deadpool now. Oh, remember there was NBC's Constantine. Goyer had his name on that for whatever reason. That was one of the exceptions where I really enjoyed everything I saw on that show. Yeah, I don't think that was him though. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> maybe he just sold it and got it into uh, was it, uh, Daniel Cerrone? Something like that. Yeah. I'm very close. I know that. Yeah, that was this this close. That's what I was. That was the name I was thinking. <laughs> but it's been unfortunately too long since he had his hand on Constantine. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's move on to the Batman. Uh, now the Guardian is uh, reporting that the Batman could potentially start back in July. Um, the government, UK government, and health bodies signed off on all the new coronavirus safety rules and uh, the approval of the new guidelines paves the way for UK's film and high-end television production industry, which includes series that cost uh, over a million pounds per episode to get cameras rolling again, uh, potentially as soon as July. So uh, the culture secretary, Oliver uh, Dowden said, we've worked hard to support the industry through these difficult times. And I'm delighted we've been able to agree this step forward towards getting the cameras rolling safely again. So uh, the, every every report seems to suggest that Warner Brothers is looking forward to uh, getting it going sooner rather than later. Yeah. So uh, it'll be... We also uh, need this to transfer to uh, Vancouver so the CW can get rebooted. <laughs> yeah. Now it says... Uh, Maybe it's a good template. So this one industry source said many productions have to get up and running again in the next two months or they won't get made this year as they rely on summer weather and conditions. So that's something to consider, too. So I'm pretty sure Batman is about to start start back. Yeah. Everything I saw, it looks like they're actually going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. They, they've got precautions worked out and guidelines worked out, and they're going to be able to finish up. Yeah. 
All right, so uh, we're gonna take a quick bur- we're gonna take a quick break, break, break. A little bit, and uh, when we come back, we're gonna be talking about some TV news and uh, listener questions. All right, we're back, and uh, we're gonna get a little bit into some TV news here. Uh, HBO Max, <laughs> our buddy Kevin Riley. <laughs> He, he wants to talk about uh, what fans can experience uh, or can expect to experience from uh, the HBO uh, Max DC Originals. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, Greg, he's talking about Berlani, um, has done a lot of really quality DC fare for the CW. These will not be that. <laughs> These will be n- <laughs> the next step up in production value. You can expect the highest level of cinematic production values on those shows, and that's the same for the projects we've announced with J.J. Abrams. I like how he's just like, man, Greg's done a really great job. We're not doing that shit. No, like in a way, I I do kind of love it because he's like, look, for what he had to work with, he did great. Uh Not taken Uh away from it. We're putting more in. Yeah. And he does go on, he does say uh, that... This is for a Business Insider interview, by the way. And he says Mm -hmm. that J.J. Abrams was the one who pitched Justice League Dark. He says he's always loved it. He always felt that there was a lot of opportunity there and an explored territory and kind of a pond that he could play in exclusively. Yeah. There you go. I love the word exclusively because you might get like a dark series out of this whole thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they've opened the doors and now who knows? (laughs) um he does want to talk about a little bit uh the doom patrol and he says it's the only dc universe series moving to hbo max um or going to be playing uh concurrently concurrently yeah he says that is evolving but there were high-end series that dc universe produced that felt like budgetarily we could handle from a business model better and bring along and service that swath of fans doom patrol was a show we identified that had deep love for it and tucked right into our portfolio yeah it it it, it sounded like they had a spot for it mm-hmm. um like i'm not surprised also going back to the fucking crisis event i'm not surprised that doom patrol was included in that specifically Looking back now, mm-hmm. and I'm also not surprised because I've genuinely loved the DCU's content. Like the uh, DC Universe has just uh, done a great job. I'm 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 going to watch Star Girl as soon as we stop recording this, and I'm looking forward to that episode heavily. That, yeah, are you? Have you watched the third episode yet? Mm-mm. No, I'm only two that, in, that sh- and uh, that, is, that shit is the bomb. Oh yeah, sorry. It's so good. It's um, so good. <laughs> I'm really I'm really enjoying it, but I've I've enjoyed. Almost everything they've done short of Swamp Thing, and we've talked about Swamp Thing, and it just uh, it, it got wrecked in production somehow and just mm-hmm. didn't come out. Like I think if I think if what they were trying to do had had, had the full breadth, they it would have been a better thing. Or if honestly somebody just came along and wanted to do ten episodes of a shorter thing, it, it would have been better, but whatever. Uh, you can't win every battle. Um, point being, uh, if somebody came along and said, Okay, this is great, but the standout is Doom Patrol. I, I I have to agree. That first season of Doom Patrol is one of the f- most amazing. I, it's one of the best seasons of anything I've ever watched. Yeah. Every Just episode, I'm sitting there with a big grin on my face. Yeah. I mean, it. I would really have to struggle to find a first season or a single season of anything that mm-hmm. I've enjoyed more than that, ep- that, that, 
those series of episodes. I typically have three shows that are currently running that I do that with, where I just sit there and I've got a big stupid grin on my face <laughs> that I can't control What'd from you year to year from start to finish. Doom uh-huh. Patrol, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, oh, and Rick and Morty. That's just comforting as hell. And Rick and Morty is just amazing. <laughs> But even Rick and Morty, every every once in a while, there will be an episode where you're like, oh, I don't know what they were going for there. And I experienced this with Futurama years ago. It was the same thing. Like, Futurama puts a, a grin on my face that few things do. And uh, every now and then, there'd be, like, an episode like uh, Kif Gets Knocked Up a Notch or something like mm-hmm. that, where I, I just... I, it, I, on it, the weird part is, like, after several viewings, I'm like, okay, I get it. Um, or the Christmas episodes, which, of all things, were written by David X. Cohen who we know is a phenomenal producer, but um, but the Christmas episodes, the early ones at least, fell short for me. Like, there'd be just mm-hmm. moments where I, I dropped, but uh, yeah, with like with, with Doom Patrol, there was never a drop like that. Every single episode, I just, I I was just sad it was done. Yeah. And honestly, it's been, it's been that way with a lot of the DC Universe content, but I get that that's the standout, and it's super weird in a very fun way, and if... Yeah, I get that they want to use that. It's so good. Absolutely is. And it starts back June 25th. Man, we don't have that long to wait. Oh, I know. I know. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Supergirl Season 5 is now on Netflix. So that's the thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't want to spoil our review of it, uh, our forthcoming review too much. But um, you said it to me earlier, and I think I agree with you. I think it's maybe the best season they've done. Yeah. Um, briefer for my review is... <laughs> It's the best season of Supergirl I've ever watched, even with the truncated ending. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even especially with. Maybe even especially with, yeah. Because generally um, for like the big ender, they always want to get like super preachy and like have her give a speech or somebody or something. I mean. <laughs> well, they still kind of did, but they even had to truncate the speech. Uh-huh. We'll get into that. But uh, bottom line, uh-huh. it, was, it was the best season I've seen of them so far. And uh, I've, I've still got... Uh, I've got to finish Batwoman and Legends, uh, but so far it's my favorite season this year of mm-hmm. the CW. Yeah, like I, I was more excited to watch the next episode of Supergirl than I have been anything so far. It was actually good enough that it, at times I would throw it on in the background while I was like watching my daughter stack shit, and she would mm-hmm. stop and watch it with me. Yeah, I mean John Cryer is just that mesmerizing as Lex. Oh God, yeah, he's fantastic. I remember like we were hesitant about him. Because mm-hmm. it was legacy we casting. And I just, you know, I, I know John Carr from Two and a Half Men, which is a Chuck Lorre product that I have no respect for whatsoever. And then mm-hmm. uh, watching him now, I'm just, oh, God, he had way more to offer than I ever expected. I was very wrong. Yeah. Good Lord. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and somewhat, you know, good news, bad news, uh, I don't know. Because the more they give it, the more I worry. But uh, Lucifer Lucifer is back. Tom Ellis is officially returning for season six on Netflix. They closed the deal. So, Whatever the deal was, they closed it. Whatever it was, is happening. Uh, huge I can only component hope that, of season four. Yeah, yeah, it improved deeply. I only but thing the more I they hope give is it, that the more <laughs> I just so worry so much. <laughs> yeah, I don't want them to give them more time. That limiting their time was the best thing they've done for that show, like far and away. I enjoyed it f- way more. Um, I I just hope they didn't like give Tom Ellis so much money that they have to take away from the effects of making it mm-hmm. a show that should be leaning into being a supernatural. At like it, it should be about gods and monsters now. Like that, mm-hmm. let's do that. Either that or like actually tie up the show like they were planning on in season five, and then season yeah. six is just like a weird 
seventies like the Lucifer Aminadil variety hour. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm worried about something I maybe shouldn't be worried about. Like, I, I was worried that they're... All right. I don't want them to tie up so much money in getting the actors back that they can't do the special effects. But you could take away all of the special effects and just have Tom Ellis's eyes burn red every once in a while and him do the things and just take away all the rest of the CGI. And I would still buy it. We've seen the CGI. We know what it looks like. Yeah. He doesn't have mm-hmm. to look like that the entire time. That's right. Just, I mean, just limit it and let him be a badass. Let me be the Let's goddamn get to our devil. Feedback. I agree with you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, feedback, yeah. God, mm-hmm. my brain went dead for a second there. <laughs> Sorry, I distracted you. Yeah, uh, I guess so. <laughs> Matthew Salvatore on Twitter asks, must there be a Superman? Yes. Ev- uh, yes, and evidently Warner Brothers agrees. Without qualification, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I... I <laughs> I actually looked for a GIF to respond to him with on this tweet because I, I just wanted, like, I couldn't find one. I wanted a GIF of, like, all the different Superman through the ages and say, yes, many. <laughs> all of them. I want all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, for me, so, it's just a character building thing. Like, there there has to be somebody. Like, my favorite part of Superman is is how overpowered he is and how much that doesn't matter when it comes down to like a character situation. Like mm-hmm. he, he could be terrible and he chooses not to be, he chooses to no. like stand for us instead. Oh fuck. Yes. I need that in my life. Yep. Uh, David Wang over on Twitter says, uh, he, he's basically reminding us of a thing we talked about on the, uh, I think it was our flash review or last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we, we were wondering if there were, bathrooms in in those uh (laughs) incarceration units oh yeah 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 and uh he's reminding us he says i think that in one of the crossovers elseworlds when ollie and barry were locked in the three by three pipeline cells actually the two of them were in one cell ollie asks about toilets barry presses a button and it came out ollie proceeds to teach barry how to uh water short out the cuffs I'll even made the point. I, I forgot about that until you said it, but yeah, that's that's real. <laughs> I'll even made the point. Quote: I hope your secret incarceration prisons have toilets because I've been jailed in many ugly places, and they still all at least gave me a bucket in the in my cell. <laughs> I also love the idea that like of all the super powered people they put in those incarceration cells, Oliver of all people like sees the toilet and goes, "Well, I'm getting out of here immediately." <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll do. Yep. That's Ollie for you, man. Yeah. I, I miss Ollie. He was a clever folk. <laughs> Salt of the earth. Yeah. We have or an email run through from... the hell that they mm-hmm. CW could show us and came out that way. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Livesey in our email says, despite being an avid listener of the Stranded Panda, as they are now, podcast, mm-hmm. I never got around to DC on screen. I am now catching up. I'm sure you have a lot of people doing the same, and I reckon it will be at least six months until I am up to date. (laughs) Got to say, I am loving it, guys, and it's so interesting to listen to you talk about stuff that I have already seen. Your predictions are so often prophetic. What can we expect from Season 2 of Flash? Where is Arrow going, etc.? A lot of the time, with hindsight, you get it right. I'm currently at the point where you are excited about BVS coming out. Can't wait to hear your response. (laughs) (laughs) 
Supergirl oh. is about to start, and you've just made what can only be a losing bet with a listener about Jay Garrick being Zoom. Sort of. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing and simplifying, but I feel like you lost the bet. Yeah, a little bit. There, Maybe a little bit in a way, yeah. There is something utterly delightful about listening to these with future knowledge, and the fatalistic knowledge that is just not going to turn out that well. <laughs> I'm not sure what he's talking about there. You talking about DCEU? No. You talking about CW? Well, on the, the above, uh, like if you just cherry picked and grabbed, like, well, I like that episode, or I like this arc, or whatever, and grabbed anything we've done. Yeah, like we've we've done a lot of reviews, and a lot of them were like episode by episode reviews. So mm-hmm. it, if you just grabbed us anywhere on the timeline, oh man, I don't know what our accuracy rate was, but yeah, no idea, fluctuating mm-hmm. at best. He says, on the upside, Legends turned out to be a lot of fun once it stopped taking itself seriously. The Prison Break episode of Arrow was brilliant, and I loved Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. The less said about Batwoman, the better, though. The end of episode narration letters to Bruce and the radio news updates killed it before it had a chance. They didn't kill it. It's still going. It's, hell, getting, getting rid of Ruby Rose isn't going to change the show uh, yeah. being out there. Uh, they have they're going to all- handle it, but still. Man, they're doing like they did stop doing the letters to Bruce pretty quickly, though. I felt like they they got rid of that. Yeah, that was like the you know Felicity you know talking to her what was it her pen pal or whatever it was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> in that show. Um, I give them this though they uh, they they dug into her story, mm-hmm. which was what you should do to run that fucking show. Like if you're gonna yeah. do Batwoman post Bruce Wayne, yeah, you just do Batwoman. Yeah. Now the I will agree the Rachel Maddow is uh is a Vesper Fairchild thing. I hate those news updates. I hate them. I hate them so much. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, let me say a shitty and snarky thing and that's supposed to pass for humor. Like, no. Get rid of that shit, dude. Get rid of it. I hate it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh he continues, "Will you agree with me on these thoughts? I'll find out in a few months." Like, seriously, you're not going to listen to the new episode? You're just going <laughs> to Okay, that's fine. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> if you feel the need to try and pronounce my name, just stick with Nick. But the surname is Livsey. Sorry, Livsey pronounced live as in I live in a house and C. Mm-hmm. I might be five years behind, but I doubt you've gotten better at names. I, you're not wrong, but to your point and talking to the current timeline, and I'm, I'm glad you're finally going to catch up to us right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the USA is no more. It's Ken uh, is Mexico. Okay. Um, we are now ruled by an alien entity that that showed up in uh, late June, mm-hmm. named <laughs> Praise be to Praise Praise be to We have no other choice. Um, the three houses I've been moving into have been morphed into one home, mm-hmm. uh, in which my in laws are now in the same atomic space, and we're not happy about that. None of. By us. the way, I do want to point out that you know you're not some rich brick. You, you don't just have three houses laying Oh, no, around. I'm repairing three homes so that people can move to them. Yeah, no. This is, <laughs> this is costing me money, to be sure. Mm-hmm. Um, his name's uh, Be Blessed. Um, <laughs> our currency Barely. is, at this point, wood chips, because all the trees have died. Mm-hmm. By her kindly claw. <laughs> Frankly, the agrarian culture has has really won out here because they were nearest the trees when everything else died, and and yeah. Uh, yeah. you know it kind of flipped on us. Mm-hmm. 
Also, the Snyder Cut still has not made it out. But they yeah. did release the news that the air cut is, is pending. So uh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Praise be to her. Yeah. <laughs> the dumbest fucking thing we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but... Uh, uh, I'll stand by it. Yeah, all right. Or I'll Giuseppe sway Vicar- slightly to the side of it. Giuseppe Vicaretti says, Been binging the Arrowverse for the last month. Some kind of phase I'm in. That was my favorite part of it all. Some kind of phase I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I partly but resent you- it because we spend so much time watching the CW. And mm-hmm. it's hard to watch it because all the commercials. Like so, Some part of me is like, oh, you're in a phase where you get to watch this on Netflix? I've watched mm-hmm. the trailer Two, uh, what's it? What's the uh, Virgin show? Oh God! Oh, think Jane, the Virgin? Jane the Virgin. Jane the Virgin. You'd think I would mm-hmm. know it, but I, apparently my brain was doing a really good job of just trying to mm-hmm. move the other way. I have watched trailers to that show so many times. I've watched hours of the same footage just trying to watch a CW show. Yeah. Uh, some part of me is like, yeah. oh, you're just moving through this. Giuseppe, that is that is proud of, a proud really you, like I really like how you just kind of. You need that qualifier in there. Some kind of phase I'm in. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> some kind of Arrowverse bullshit phase. I don't know. Yeah. He says, but Another you, part you of me guys completely have, gets it. I get it. <laughs> he says, but you guys have helped me get through quarantine with your review episodes. Thank you so much for your show. I will always listen. Thank you, Thank man. You. Absolutely. You're so welcome. I'm sorry when they go when they dry up a little bit. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Honestly, doing this show is about the only thing that's gotten me through fucking quarantine. Mm-hmm. Like, like actually getting to sit down, record, talk about everything, uh, uh, and interacting with the people who actually talk to us is just invaluable to me at this point. Thank you so I've much been, for anyone who talks I've, to us. I've been drawing and painting Star Trek models. <laughs> <laughs> Your interaction means little to me. I'm just kidding. I'm currently sitting in a house where, like, if I look to my left or right, I can pinpoint five to... 17 things I'm supposed to be fixing right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I love keeping my hands busy, but um, this this actually brings me joy, talking to people and, and uh, talking about this shit. This is, Dude, uh, I need this I, shit. This is the serotonin this is, I need. This is some of the most feedback we've ever gotten. Um, we, got, we got so much good feedback from last week. Or not last week. I guess it was really technically last week. Not the flash up. We did get a lot of feedback for the, for the flash episode, and we'll talk about it in a second. But we did. You know, just just lately we've been like I didn't even include it all. Just good conversations happening now. Like I, I bitched a couple weeks ago, just kind of half heartedly bitched. Not like a true bitch. Like you know, we have no problems in real life. But you know, just going like nobody's on our Facebook group. We've got Facebook group people now. <laughs> <laughs> people are talking on Facebook. So, yeah, uh, I'm cool. Keep Twitter it coming. Facebook Keep talking are, to us. Or hopping a little bit. So I'm really um, excited for that. Personally, I need it. It 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 gets me through the day. I uh, I genuinely appreciate anybody talking to us about this bullshit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, our buddy Brent, Brent Tech Prime from uh, Fans Without Borders and Marvel Squadcast. He, he put this up. I, I had to share it with you guys in case you're not on our Twitter. He says, listening to DC on screen review The Flash. And just wanted to yell at my phone to disagree and refute all of their complaints. Problem is, I can't. They're right. <laughs> Let's hope next season is better. <laughs> I, I I saw, and it, it did make me laugh. Um, I I mean, me too. Yeah. 
And then Travis came in and said, in in full agreement with everything they said about the Flash and what they said about vaping. (laughs) (laughs) We're not fans, to be short. Yeah. Uh, Stu Little, also talking about the Flash, says, I don't like depowering either, but there's there's not a lot of ways to justify less power usage because they need to save money, especially after Crisis probably sucked up a lot of the budget. At least it's not like... That's fair. At least... At least it's not like Nate just forgetting he can steal up on Legends. And there you go. That's a good call. Would like less Barry fucked up and everybody is mad at him, even when he had no better choices than what he did going forward, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. (laughs) I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. Uh, One of my least favorite parts of that season is uh, the supposed turn. Now, I'll give him this, though. Uh, it was only supposedly a turn for like 15 minutes in showtime mm-hmm. because everybody except Iris decides to send Joe off. And yeah. then Iris blames Barry for that because he's always making unilateral decisions that blah, blah, blah. And it, also it's just it, an unfair take on the series. Um, like that that wasn't a reasonable take, but it was, it was uh, like they undermined it a little bit by having – Barry just like immediately draw conspiracy boards with yarn and shit. Mm-hmm. And also they, they gave even that mirror character a pretty good arc where like our mirror Iris is, uh, yeah, she's, she's acting the way she's supposed to act. But even then there's like, uh, I, I've appreciated this about the show in general. Like Candace Patton's gotten more and more agency and, and more and more uh, recognition for actually being really good at her job. And even the mirror version of her got a good story arc. And I, I kind of mm-hmm. appreciate that. I kind of, I want the board. I wanted to see the close up of the board where it's like a picture of Iris with angry eyebrows drawn on. And then like a red thread <laughs> to good breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Edible breakfast. BS right behind it. <laughs> Underneath Iris is written meanie head. Yeah. <laughs> Not like exactly they, a conspiracy, buddy. It's just knowing your wife. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a way they could have taken the show for sure that would have been weird. Where, uh, and it. Yeah, because we didn't see that. Yeah. Well, it's it's where they took the show in certain ways, but they they could have gone full fledged in another way. Uh, like, she doesn't like me anymore, therefore it must not be her. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that would be that would have been a direction that I wouldn't have been entirely comfortable with. This this was a little bit different. At least they gave it some. I don't know. They, there was some like identifiable characteristics. Yeah. That where Barry deciding well that's not her. It it I don't know. It it lacked the misogyny that it could have had. Mm-hmm. He's just like she had too much agency. <laughs> Clearly it, it not could my have been, Iris. <laughs> yeah, it could have been that. Well, based on the other four seasons, uh, five seasons, whatever it was. No, I'll give him that. That like the the. The thing that tied the whole thing together was the the idea that like those two have always been on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that part worked for me. Yeah, it it, it could have been shitty. It, they could have done that shitty. They I think they did yeah. it not shitty. But <laughs> I'm open yeah, to they did it a little better than yeah. Anyway, uh, Jay Scotty St. Clair on Twitter says first answer for yourself and then for your co-host. Which spectrum of the Lantern Corps do you most and least heavily align with, and why? Mm, what you got? Um, me, I think, um, my, uh, my hopeful se- my hopeful self says the blue lanterns because you know, <laughs> hope, um, uh, my realistic self says red because rage. Uh, 
Mm, yeah. Uh, those are my most. My least would probably be uh, willpower. <laughs> <laughs> and my gut tells me that uh, you're the same way. Uh, pretty close. Yeah. I would go with hope because that's what I would hope I could be. Mm-hmm. Um, like for sure. Also, our favorite color is blue. And you and I mm-hmm. both have like a like a strange affection for the color. Just the fact that we, we hoped that we would be the hopeful. And then we actually would also hope that we would get the blue ring. Yeah. I think we would get the blue. I, I think that's it. Hopefully. Well, and the other part is I don't think... <laughs> I just don't think I'm a strong enough personality to qualify for the rest of this. I like I don't think I can strike fear into people. I don't think I can inspire avarice. You know, I, I mm-hmm. don't think I can do a lot of the things that the other colors require. Um, I, I think the con- thing I, I am I least is probably avarice. the black ring because I'm not dead. Yeah, I did deeply consider avarice because yeah, I want all I the mean, toys. I want all the action figures. I want all the money. <laughs> I would love all that stuff. Well, avarice and greed are are. Uh, yeah, they're like lustful circumstances. I get that. It's it's hard. Like it's actually, um, I think it's a it's like a fun question to ask. Like I think there's a version of therapy where you could, for certain people who understand the uh, the context, just ask them like, "Hey, what do you uh, what do you think about the rings? Like uh, describe how you see these different ring styles." Yeah. But you know what? What kept me out of avarice was I was like, you know what? I so often I fight myself on doing what I know is not even morally bad in uh, advertising or getting interest in our show, mm-hmm. so that we can, you know, actually make more money. Like just because I'm like that feels gross. So I feel like if I were <laughs> truly like avarice, like I would just be like, no, screw it. We're doing all the things to get to the top. I sure. gotta get my toys. <laughs> I get that, and uh, well, and and one part of me wants to say like, yeah, it'd be hope because I uh, I do love I do love blue and I do love hope, but uh, mm-hmm. the other part of me is like, yeah, you're. Yeah. I didn't like I I haven't had faith in things. I I don't actually have faith. I'm not a person of faith. So like, I didn't have right. faith in Snyder Cut. I I don't know what's gonna happen with the rest of this. I'm not. I don't know. I'm not necessarily a person that has hope. Um. Compassion may be closer to what I actually am in that way. Because mm-hmm. I, I do want to, like, empathy is a thing I lean into pretty heavily. So maybe that's closer to where I belong, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, still, like, it, realistically, it's, uh, realistically, the thing I would lean against the hardest is, uh, again, this is actually a fun conversation to have, like, therapeutically. Uh it may be fear. It may be. It may really be fear. Because anytime I find myself as like a, a, a like a human in the world who gets like even when rage comes up, uh, I tend to immediately check myself and like if I if I actually make someone if I get so mad that I actually make someone rethink themselves, I immediately want to pull back and be like, oh, that's not what I was going for. Right. Uh, so maybe fear that is the least. I See, I considered I considered fear for a most for me. Yeah, but I don't think you're somebody who like inspires fear in others. I think I do. Like people <laughs> always tell me how like big and intimidating I am. Like, well, you're a large person. It's actually like, have you seen uh, um, Zachary uh, Levi showed up on it for uh, for a season and a uh, little cameo on the third? Uh, mm-hmm. the, the marvelous Miss Maisel. Okay, so the marvelous oh, okay. Miss Maisel. Uh, Maisel, Maisel. Sorry. Uh, people are yelling at me right now. They're shouting at whatever device they're listening to. Sorry. Uh, no. um, 
there's this uh, there's this moment in a speech that I think you would really enjoy. He actually goes on this rant about that, like he stands up and starts walking around the space. You know, he, he uses the entire space of what they're filming to to kind of make the point that he's just very tall. Like Zachary Levi is like six five. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's he's a tall person, and he kind of makes it a point to to say, and he's always been kind of a gentle character, and he kind of says like that's kind of the that's one of the problems with with people like me like he is like if if i stand up and and wave my arms and blah 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 then it's seen as hostile whereas you know somebody a foot smaller would would just be like having a moment but for me it's it's uh i'm endangering other people Mm -hmm. it's uh i never it's one of those moments where i was like yeah (laughs) tall is kind of a problem too in its way oh yeah yeah travis hans says, after listening to your Flash review for Season 6, I had a question. Are Seasons 4, 5, and 6 the weakest seasons in the series? Yes. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I love this show deeply. Uh-huh. But yes. But yes. But yes, they I, are. I, I feel like uh, the show has been on a downward trend since the end of Season 2. I absolutely adored Season 2. Well, season 2 was... Uh... Season, season two was one two of the was best Man in the Iron seasons Mask? that I think. Yeah, especially with all Zoom, that. Season all two that, was yeah. one of the best things that the CW's ever produced. Just Earth barring two, nothing. All that, yeah. Um, season three, all seventy-five Savitar. seasons of Supernatural included. Whatever, mm-hmm. I don't care. Um, but yeah, like, and in a way, I appreciate what they were going for. Like, season one, two, three was like an ex- escalation of the speedster concept, right? Mm-hmm. Season four, Thinker. Well, that made sense to me because I don't care how fast you are. If I can outthink you, go fuck yourself. Right, right. Season five. And I liked him as a villain, by the way. He actually, yeah. that. Uh, I liked him more than Savitar. Yeah. Um, I feel like when we say that one, two, three is better than four, five, six, we're not giving credit to the entire thing. But we're not talking about like yeah. a swathe of the entire, like, there were high points of everything involved and low points of the the first few like we hated the pilot to the flash for god's sake but i did recently rewatch i recently rewatched it and i was did like you? what was i what was i on about <laughs> this is fantastic what are you, what are you talking about i haven't watched it in a while but i've been curious um yeah so uh, uh in season four thinker uh, uh speed of thought faster than an actual speedster great good concept uh season five cicada like yeah, yeah, we had a thinker, then we had a stinker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and I pointed this out several times. It wasn't when he was with his daughter and all that. Like, the actual acting of, I forget his name, a uh, dude from movies yeah, in the early on. 2000s whose name I forgot. Yeah. I'm sorry. American Pie, yeah. Klein something, I think. I don't know. I don't, um, I don't really don't remember. I don't either. It, uh, sorry. It's just been too long. But I don't, I'm not sorry. Concept-wise, Fine. Like, concept-wise, what if there was just, like, a, a denaturalization effect? Like, something that just depowered you immediately. Okay, cool. Um, Acting-wise, like, when he was in character as uh, Cicada, awful. It was yes. hard to get through those points. When he was mm-hmm. in character as the father of that daughter, he was great. He was fantastic. Yeah. I loved he's him He's not there. a bad actor. He's not no, a bad he's, actor. No, he's really not. Know. That was a choice. That was a director choice. They, they want they i don't know why they wanted him to do all that it was i don't awful, either though. i don't i don't either i really don't um and it's then, like, like they said like why don't you do girl, vader but but wrong yeah do christian bell's batman with 
you know. With ventilators. He, he, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like, oh, and then his daughter was even worse. Like when she grew up and became cicada, it was just like, oh my, what am I doing? What am I watching? This is yeah. terrible. Yeah, yeah, I was not. It a was fan a really that, cool concept. So. I didn't love the execution of a lot of it. Now, Nora, different story. I really loved her. Yeah, and her storyline. I liked Nora. that. Was I was different. Nora was a yeah, good story. There, yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot that was offered. This these aren't bad seasons to me. It's just if you ask me which one's better and rank them, yeah, one, two, three are better than four, five, six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but one of the disappointments one of the disappointments for me is mirror master is my favorite flash villain and they they could have used that as like a horror concept because like the only thing faster possibly faster than a speedster is possibly the speed of light itself and mm-hmm. a reflection is to me a reflection of the speed of light itself mm-hmm. to me that is one of the most Capable ways to take down a speedster is if you have someone who's actually in charge of fucking mirrors. This could have been the worst thing he ever ran into. And instead, it, like, and I loved a lot of the character development with Iris and all that. And Mm -hmm. I genuinely teared up at certain points. Like, when they were having that conversation where they were just like, I know you're out there and and I'm going to find you and all that. Like, that was was great. There were Mm -hmm. moments, for sure. But, oh, man, I was so mad to, like, I was... A little disappointed to see uh, the mirror concept not get its full breadth. Yep. And maybe it will still, though, because, I mean, we're clearly getting our next year. Yeah. As well. Hopefully it will. I really do hope for it. And I like I like the concept of leaving villains not dead so they yeah. can kind of return and do some stuff from here. Even blood work? From time to time. No, not blood work. I want him gone. <laughs> Sorry. Blood work can just go right the hell away. I know, but I I'll, love the actor. I'll take, I'll take Thawne. <laughs> yeah, I'll take Thawne all day. I do, oh, I really do love the uh, the actor. I, I forget his name, but um, I, I've seen him misused a few times, and I've never thought it was his fault. What what actor? Uh, Bloodwork, Suresh. Oh, I've seen him be nothing but misused. <laughs> uh, He's not a bad actor, but yeah. Yeah, anyway. you know what I'm saying, though. Like, somebody that just, eh, you know what I mean. Yep. Chris Baga of World's Finest True Believers asks us, Do you think the DCCW should strongly look at lower episode counts? I know Mark Pedowitz said in 2021, some will have 20 to 22 episodes and others will have 13. However, the shows that have thrived with a lower count, uh, example being Black Lightning, have stronger stories with less filler, in my opinion. Absolutely. I've been saying this shit since the beginning of our show. Um, yeah there should be 13 to 14 episodes yeah now the problem is they're going to have less ad revenue so they don't they might not necessarily be able to up their uh budget you know but yes and no but i would happily double down on having i would take twice the shows which you and i i hate to sound ungrateful but you and i constantly bitch about how it's hard to keep up with these shows because there's so many and they're mm-hmm. so long it's yeah. just a, it's a time constraint thing if you gave me twice the shows with half the episode count i would be very grateful or the same amount of shows with half the episode count <laughs> <laughs> or that too um but yeah like you could 
I, honestly, I think a lot of these shows would be better served in 13 episodes. A lot of mm-hmm. them. Not not all of them and not uh, – it well, all right, just retroactively. A lot of seasons have been fantastic, but there's no reason that that season couldn't have happened over two seasons. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't want 13 episodes. I want four to six. Oh, no. Give me, no, a, I want give me a mini. 10 to 13. Give me a mini series season. Give me a mini series season of each thing. Do it up. Make it good. Get out. And then yeah, maybe you can do like a defender sort of thing and be like, oh, here's a, you know, super friends or whatever the hell you got. Yeah, that didn't work out though. Um, no. No, I think but, I think 10 to 13 is a lot. It, I, to me, that's the sweet spot. 13 really is the sweet spot. I, don't, I, I just, um, too short on the CW. I don't think they can hit enough notes quickly enough. Uh-huh. And then too long. Well, CW think, needs to move on with that. I get it, but they're they're in a certain broadcast environment. They they can't do anything about how the show comes out. Oh, they can. Yeah. All of this is evolving. CW will have to evolve with it. The evolving part you. for sure. For sure. But we're 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 looking at a reality with the DC universe with HBO Max, we're looking at a reality where we this is a binge society at this point. We don't need <laughs> 25% of a freaking episode to be expository. Like, we remember what happened last week and the week before that and the week before that, Iris. We remember how all the things that you and Iris went through, Barry. We don't need you to tell Iris all the things that you guys went through. She remembers, too. Yeah. Like, it's that kind of frustration. Like, we don't need those episodes. We don't I get need, it, but like, I don't think that has anything to do with the times. Like Four to six but, episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, viewers like us uh, pay attention uh Honestly, anybody who's listening to this pays attention, knows when they're hitting certain beats, and and uh, I would be astounded if anyone who listens to us is not aware of the term filler episode mm-hmm. and isn't a little bit resentful of it. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I completely get it. It every we now can meet and then the middle. It's just ten episodes. Do like a Doom Patrol. <sighs> ten to no 12. thirteen I'll or still sixteen. Call it ten to twelve. <laughs> I mean, they've still got to fill up like a, a programming schedule. Like they, they've got uh, to, they've got to have a schedule, man. Um, I know. Why don't they make another three or four shitty vampire shows? <laughs> <sighs> How about because three more Riverdale like spinoffs? <laughs> who are huge fans of vampire fiction won't give a fuck because they don't, they don't have enough time to watch them. And then the moments I see. That kind of stuff. I I, mm-hmm. I see their take on it and think, oh, I don't care. Let's have a thriller about Jughead Jones's left testicle. Sure. <laughs> <sighs> uh, I do feel bad <laughs> in a way, especially when I talk about vampire stuff, because I'm like, yeah, I'm an Anne Rice dude. Uh, all this, every, everything came behind it, and yeah, I don't care. Eh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer came behind it. Yeah. And I'm a Buffy guy. I get my Everything that came so that after was more Buffy. about the slayers, not the vampires themselves. That's right. And for the vampires themselves, I'm an angel guy. <laughs> and a spike guy. And a spike guy. I know goddamn well you're a spike guy. <laughs> this is, yep. I have a house full of action figures. The only Buffy the Vampire Slayer action figure I have is a spike. Oh, fuck yes. I've seen that little guy. He holds an axe. I was, and I was happy about it. <laughs> he had one of the greatest... Him and... Uh, him, Angel, and Wesley had... Some of the greatest character arcs in mm-hmm. in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me tell you this. Fantastic. Uh, I could not find a 
Oh, like I wanted to, I oh. forgot about Cordelia. Oh goddamn, Cordelia. Yeah. Um, I don't think I said the word correctly, but yes, it, yeah. Also, an amazing character. Arc. Willow. Jesus Christ. Everything that happened in that series. Anya. The more Xander, I think about it, yeah, it's all great. Xander. Look, Jesus. Um, I couldn't find like I wanted a spike that had the red shirt, red button-up shirt over the black T-shirt. Yeah. Couldn't find one. Sure. Unless he didn't come with the the black coat. But he's got to have the black coat. So I bought the the school hard version of Spike. He comes with a little axe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from his first appearance. Mm-hmm. He comes with that. He has the red shirt over the black shirt. And then I stole the black trench coat from my Marvel Legends Blade figure. Sorry, Wesley Snipes. Nice. You, you don't get a coat anymore. Yeah. It goes to Spike. <laughs> <laughs> In all so fairness, this should be, uh, you know, settle it in a battle. Come for mm-hmm. it. Like, uh, if you want your coat back, come get it. Oh, the Daywalker doesn't stand a chance against Spike. <laughs> Dude killed two Slayers. Two Slayers. <laughs> That's unprecedented. And for a spendy little and dude like Woo him. the third. Yeah. Oh, and Woo the third, you're right. Actually, that's actually the most impressive part. Killed two slayers and then defended the third. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on. Eli Hernandez <laughs> asks, can the monorail outrun the Flash? And can Superman outrun the Flash? Uh, well, as for the monorail, I say all we have to do is look at neighboring towns North Haverbrook and Springfield. It is well known that Lyle Landley embezzled his uh, monorail construction funds and employs workers who do a half-assed job and use shoddy building materials to build a wildly unsafe monorail that can only be described as a death trap. Now. (laughs) So the way that song portends, no, nothing could (laughs) outrun the monorail. The way the reality actually went, Homer Mm -hmm. could outrun the monorail. Well, he did yank that the giant M off of the monorail and use it as an anchor. <laughs> I don't think there's any question there. <laughs> um, as for Superman, by the way, that monorail episode of the Simpsons was written by Conan O'Brien. And that just yeah, gave me so delightful. much joy. Um, like, thank you for making me remember that. Mm-hmm. That was, that was a good moment. It was a good. Lyle Lindley uh, was Phil Hartman. Yeah. Oh, oh I lost um, goddamn treasure. That one. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to Disney plus. I'm watching that one probably after the show. I don't like me. Um, let's see. As for the Superman and the Flash, look, here's the thing. Uh, the Flash Rebirth number three, 2009, by Jeff Johns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Superman catches up to Barry, who is running. Mm-hmm. Superman's trying to stop him from making a sacrifice play. Flash mm-hmm. says, you can't stop me. I know Superman exactly the says, scene you're going for, and I could not be more on your side. Go for it. Superman says, I've raced you before, Barry. I even won some of those races. Flash says, those were for those charity, for Clark. charity. And then, boom, leaves Clark in the dust. Runs into another plane of existence. No contest. Superman has no chance in outrunning the Flash. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It takes a series of Superman and Flashes, I think, to undo a crisis point. Like, there's no version, I think, of Superman that's actually faster than the Flash at his best. Maybe... Maybe a Silver Age or, yeah, Golden Age Superman who could juggle planets. But there was a point where Super, like DC's uh, stance on the matter seemed to be, no one's better than Superman. Well, yeah. All right. <laughs> Superman's the greatest thing ever. Superman. I'll give anything. you the, like, when it was so overpowered. Yeah, for sure. 
But uh, well, I mean, he, the longer he stays on the earth, the more the sun, you know, affects him, and he can just be becomes a god or less well, power. Yeah, but then please, even that gets into great storylines like All Star Superman. Oh, that's such a great story. Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's 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 move to my right, bottom Kennedy. line. I think most versions of like fifty plus years of storytelling, mm-hmm. given the eighty plus years of storytelling uh, over the fifty plus. Flash can beat him. And I'm good with that. Like, Flash on ground is faster. Superman mm-hmm. can fly. Yeah, there are things that he can do that Flash can't, and they're uh, terrestrially. Yeah, I think Flash can beat him in a foot race. I think I think he's probably faster than Clark can fly, too. Especially when you consider that comic, that Flash Rebirth, num- rebirth number three. Yeah. Superman was flying. Oh, I think they did that in uh, Deceased recently, though, where, like, there was a... Uh, spoilers on Deceased, if you haven't read it. But... Mm-hmm. In Deceased, um, the, one of the problems was Flash was infected with the, uh, the anti-life zombie virus in this version. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a question, like, who could possibly stop him? Because he was infecting people at a rate that no one... I mean, once you get a Flash infecting people, it's just... It's a whole new level of problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the problems was, like, how do I catch him? And even Superman said, like, I can't, I can't catch up to him. So he literally ran the other side of the world. Like if if he was going in, in one side of the equator, Superman ran the other. And even beating him, the uh, the speed with which they hit, um, I think it was like part of Flash's rib dislodged in uh, Superman's abdomen because the speed was just so fucking fast mm-hmm. that it actually penetrated Superman's skin. And that's how he got zombied and everything died. Yeah. That was a fun comic. <laughs> well, it still is a fun comic. Tom Taylor's. Mm-hmm. Uh, that guy gets a lot of praise. He should. He should. He's doing great things. All right. Let's uh, over on our Facebook group. Michael Kennedy says, so with Swamp Thing season one, finding a new home at CW seems that it could be possible to have a season two. I know it probably relies on it being buzzworthy and people talking about it uh, for it to get another season. Question is, does CW have the money to make another season? If I recall correctly, that was a question when Supergirl moved to the CW. Also, there seemed to be a lot of buzz about the North Carolina grants that may or may not have been a problem for the series. What are your thoughts? Uh, If they haven't destroyed props and sets and stuff, they might be able to save money on that side of it. But I would probably, it would probably be hard. That's not the biggest cost factor, though. Yeah, it'd probably be hard getting everyone back at this point. Um, Actors are going to be the hard point. I didn't think the effects and props looked so over-the-top fantastic anyway. Mm-mm. It looked pretty no, great. I but always it, had it, a problem with how clear the fucking water was. Mm-hmm. But it always it looked pretty great for what it was. It was, But it, was, it wasn't anything I haven't seen Supernatural do while walking around, you know, walking through waywardly. I don't watch Supernatural, but I have loved ones <laughs> who for some reason do. Um, I, I genuinely I don't, don't have a problem with the series. I've just never gotten into it, and I'm okay with that. Uh, I, the, just some the dialogue. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Even with Mark Shepard. I get it, but it's one of those, it's like grim. I just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I know, but I watched that for years because it was, it was a fascinating backstory. And, uh, even I gave up at some point. Mm-hmm. I didn't have time uh, and, and what you said. 
Now, Zach Champion responded to him and said it would be tremendous if CW, should they have the money, put the second season exclusively on their streaming service so they can keep the horror aspect and have Constantine make appearances. Hell yes, yes but I don't see yes. it happening as long as CW streaming service is free. Also, yes. If, uh, like, if they were to do that, it would probably have to go to HBO Max. I don't know if there's a way to mount that series. It, it that I think we said this earlier also. It, like It had some serious promise. There, there is mm-hmm. uh, that wasn't a complete loss. It just it didn't have the follow through that it needed, and uh, there were a lot of like on site uh, problems. Like it just execution wise was the mm-hmm. problem. I, so point being, if uh, if somebody actually got to all the actors, was able to, uh, and then they were able to actually redo it. Um, Feel free to recast the bad guy because I can't take that dude again. Uh, the sheriff dude, Total or the soup. mayor dude. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he he was never. Yeah, but uh, absolutely bring Crystal not. Reed back. I'll give him this though. Like <laughs> his accent was terrible, mm-hmm. but I watched several seasons of True Blood. Yes, you and, did. You know, I've, I've never finished the last <laughs> season because the last season, like halfway through, I was like, I'm not, I'm not even doing this. But I'll give him this. Like f- first season of True Blood, the accents were terrible. Second season, it was markedly better. Like, markedly better. They had clearly gone through some coaching. Something had happened. At the very least, they watched their own episodes, each actor, and watched their own episodes and thought, well, I can do that better. I don't know how the hell it happened, but I know between season one and season two it was better. Uh-huh. And it, it always left a little bit to be desired because, fairly, Stephen uh, Myers, like uh, Stephen Moyer or Stephen Meyer, I can't remember, is a uh, British dude, and he was just doing a southern accent. But... It, he even got better. Um, anyway, so there's there's the possibility that that guy would not have annoyed us as much if the season had been good and in season two his accent was something that we weren't just pissed about. Mm-hmm. But well, I don't to know. me, I mean, even before we had any inkling that I mean, we knew that it was canceled right away before yeah. they even dropped it. Like, well, I think no, it, it was, was like announced on the day that it dropped. It was literally like the season premiered, and then they were like, "Well, we're done here." Mm-hmm. I think within 48 hours. Yeah. It, but, but I think it premiered first. Like, it was definitely before episode two. I think so many people were, like, bemoaning it as, like, this, like, lost treasure. And, like, from the get-go, I was just like, this is a boring show. I don't like Swamp Thing. Like, I want to. I was excited. It was the show I was most excited about. Like, you can I, go back and listen to our episodes talking about leading up to it. I was just so <laughs> down. This was the thing. I was this was too. what I wanted. I get it. And there was a lot, all right, even even what we were given, there was a lot there that was really good. But, uh, yeah, it just, uh, well, it a didn't. A lot, but some things didn't were follow. really good, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, Swamp Thing in Swamp Thing form was the best version of Swamp Thing I've ever seen on a screen, barring nothing. Agreed. Uh, like, the horror aspect of seeing that character actually, like, come to life was, uh, that was fantastic. I feel like I feel like Wobbly Boots eighty five is is somewhere listening to us say that that was the best on screen version of Swamp Thing and he's like cradling a bootleg version of the nineties cartoon and going <gasps> heresy. <laughs> that cartoon was good too. I was there for that. He's just rocking back and forth. Swamp Thing, you make my heart sing. I get it. I get it. I mistakenly <laughs> read Toxic Avengers at some point because I thought that was connected because mm-hmm. I was four. Or whatever. Right. I get it. Toxic Crusaders. Crusaders. Yeah, maybe it was that. I don't remember. 
Well, the, the Toxic Crusaders were like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles knockoff, but also spinoff of the uh, trauma uh, movie Toxic oh, okay. Avenger. All right. So um, let's go back here. Which one of them had a mop? That was Toxic Avenger and Toxic Crusaders. Toxie was the main character in both. Okay, then but, I uh, I think I watched both of them. But Toxic Avenger, you could not show your kids. Like, it was like R-rated schlock. Oh, I stayed up late. <laughs> I stayed up, I stayed up very you, late and watched some channels that I wasn't supposed to have access to. Mostly well, at my grandparents' house. Because they didn't keep track of that shit, and my parents did. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I saw that, but uh, I'd have to I'd have to go back and watch it now. I'm kind of curious, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of curious. I'm, I'm I'm gonna hate it. Like I'm I have to wait until I'm done with Bond though, because the last few Bond movies have been whew, rough. Oh yeah, that's a slog for a <sighs> while. I say for a while. Uh, it's mostly a slog. Well, the late '60s, it starts getting a lot better, and then uh, '80s it drops, and then '90s. You get like a Pierce Brosnan era that's actually pretty good. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that's my memory yeah, from high school when I went on like a, uh, I went on a crusade where I went to every video store, the video store, by the way, to, to date myself. Um, mm-hmm. I, I went to every video store in a couple of counties to try to find new Bond movies. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, that, that's my memory of these things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I used to, I remember carting my little sister around, just going to every video store we could find, just to, by God, see if they had Rocky and Rambo movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I went to that and every Monty Python film I could put my hands on. That's fair, too. All right. Um, Andre Sparks. Sure. Says maybe Swamp Thing will be an animated series uh, like they did with Constantine and Vixen. Um, I, if the quality was less Vixen and more City of Demons, I could get behind it, but I think I would just rather have Swamp Thing and Constantine and Justice League Dark. Yep. I'll take if, if, all of them, even. <laughs> Let's just do that. Uh, Zach Champion on Facebook, Facebook group says, you guys are fans of Firestorm, and usually with him, there's Ronnie Raymond and Professor Stein, but what if, for an animated or live-action movie, Ronnie was the science whiz, and he bonds with Stein's wife, who is a bit of a perv, which I deemed, uh, Cougar Storm. <laughs> and absolutely i'll watch that i would absolutely watch that yeah sure come man go make it happen you got my money yeah and then at some point ronnie raymond dies and she you know merges with you know a version of jason rush who's for purposes of the show now called jason bush yeah yeah uh, that's how i that feel works. Uh, it's one of those things where like all right to put it this way, having my first name, I always feel like I'm second take mm-hmm. and rarely accepted. Like Jason Rush, Jason Todd. Wait, they they literally voted to kill my first name. Mm-hmm. And Jason Rush didn't do too much better. Jason was even the second killer in Friday the 13th franchise. Because <laughs> the first movie was his mom. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was still under his name, but... No, no, there was no name. It was just there was just the killer, and it was because assholes oh, like right, those kids, yeah. no, assholes like right, those kids, yeah. let in her the first son one, Jason die. Friday thirteenth, and then it was because yeah. Jason had been tossed into the lake and all that shit. Yeah, um, I have not grown up with a very positive version of my name. <laughs> That's right. Uh, oh well. Anyway, you yeah, know. <laughs> 
Uh, Jim Rady says, I asked, this was also on Facebook. I asked the MCU boys this a few weeks ago. MCU cast, Marvel Cinematic mm-hmm. Universe podcast. DC Battle of the Bands. Give your best four man lineup of DC characters in a pop band. Sorry, pop, punk, metal, and jazz band, or just save it for a week. You have nothing to talk about. There are no weeks we have nothing to talk about. And anyway, <laughs> I don't, I don't know music well enough to answer this question. All I've got is that I would love to see a band featuring, or hear a band really featuring Pied Piper, with Black mm-hmm. Canary on vocals. And Music Meister could probably be in there doing something. I like guess he could probably do anything that was needed, and uh, it would be fun to watch him try to wrest control from Canary. And uh, I don't know why, but I feel like Damien would be on bass. I could deal with that. I uh, <laughs> I forgot about Jason Blood also, so I'm gonna put uh-huh. him on on the, like the lyricist. Okay. Well, he it would be funny if they, he just he wasn't the lyricist at all. Like he couldn't do that. No, my but, favorite version would, of that would be just he's pitching lyrics the entire time, and they just record while they're like, "Yeah, I mean that sounds great." Blah blah blah. Yeah, and he's just on the other side of the booth. I just, I think, I, th- I have an idea of it just being like the band angry with him and trying to summon Intrigan because Intrigan's the only one that can uh, write the lyrics. Mm, yeah. <laughs> He's like, guys, I'm reading a book. We need new songs. <laughs> this fourth century uh, teller wrote a book. I finally yeah. got my hands on it. I have to interpret it. Dinah's like, there's only there are only so many Bjork covers I can do. We, we really yeah. need this. Yeah, we've done an entire, we've we've redone the entire uh, the Benz album from Radiohead, but God help us, we need your new lyrics to help it make uh, tell make it fresh. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you guys have seen. Um, I'm sure some of you have. I know some of you have. But Jim Rady, I remember. Uh, I remember. I wonder if you have seen the uh, the Bat Metal videos. Whereas like Batman oh, doing yeah, lead those. vocals and you've got just like Jason. Every video they they add more members of the Bat family, and I yeah. love it. I love it. It's just you know Jason Todd, Nightwing, Damien, Tim. They're all up there. Like Batgirls up there. They're just like <laughs> rocking out doing the um. What is it? Uh, what is the the Brendan Small band? Metalocalypse. I know it's, the show is Metalocalypse, but what is the what is the band's Deathlock? Oh, the band uh, Deathlock. Death yeah, Deathclock. Yeah. Oh, Deathclock. Okay. Yeah, Deathlock is Death the MCU. Deathlock is from Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Deathclock though is the uh, like that. It's it's a show I, I I really do. I I love Metalocalypse. God, I want there to be more of that story. I don't know, man. I don't know. I can't help that. <laughs> I'm not sure Brendan Small can either. It's on uh, it's on HBO Max though. Yeah, that's a real thing. Also, strange side point. Um, have you just just take a minute when you can and watch the like Elmo uh, Elmo the talk show, thing. show? Yeah, <laughs> the trailer looked funny. It's delightful. Is it? It is delightful AF, man. <laughs> I I watched it last night. It's only about twenty minutes, the entire thing, and the the, the uh, premiere is Jimmy Fallon's his guest, and they're doing mm-hmm. a lot of meta jokes about how you run a talk show and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's delightful. I genuinely laughed my ass off a few times, and I don't think I would have ever watched it, but I have an eighteen month old who's been captivated by Elmo for eight months now, mm-hmm. so it it was something I was interested in, but. Seriously, they have nominated this show for an Emmy already. Jeez. 
I'm kind of rooting That's for crazy. it. That's crazy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at some point, Elmo. I was just sitting there watching that trailer, like, stupid grin on my face, like, what is this? And then he's like, Batman. I'm like, oh, oh my God, that Batman. <laughs> it was pretty fun. Anyway, uh, I think we've prattled on for long enough. Uh, right. Thank you guys so much for listening. I uh, remember the, uh, I don't know, the $20 for the Apple review. <laughs> one of you out of 10 will get it yeah i promise um actually the easier this is on me the the more likely it is to actually happen so i'll just like venmo you 20 bucks seriously for friends on facebook <laughs> i'll just like messenger it to you um yeah <laughs> on its reading and review we're we'll be back next week or some midweek maybe i don't even know anymore i don't know what we're doing uh we've got plans but we're in some weird places. Yeah. Physically we'll, and figuratively. Yeah, mentally, yeah. We'll be back. Until then, keep some DC on your screen. Bye. Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC Onscreen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv.